Minus the Disney movie podcast where we are surely working our way through every Disney movie or at least all of the ones that are on Disney Plus and then a couple extras. I'm Steven and I once bit a big chunk out of my sister's arm because I got all hopped up on flowers. I'm Kat and unlike something that will be discussed later, I will survive. <laughs> I'm Nero and I'm late for my naked elephant yoga class. I'm Sabrina Ray and no one told me what to say during this part. <laughs> Oh no! Um, I'm the host of Okashina Podcast, uh, anime with friends, and I'm the guest on today's show because I want to talk about the movie that you guys are going to talk about. Yes, we watched Zootopia. I was going to say the movie with talking animals, then I realized that's like half of what Disney does. Yeah, like it's not their first one. It's the it's the buddy cop movie with talking animals. That's what sets it apart. More like bunny cop. Am I right? Shut up. Um. I remember seeing a thing at one point saying that, like, while Disney couldn't officially sanction it, apparently a lot of the people who worked on the movie were, like, on their personal Twitters and Instagrams, like, very overtly advertising the movie to furries, which is just hilarious to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, of course. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. In... Whenever, whenever Robin Hood came out, the uh, the Disney's Robin Hood in like the the the, the, the in vampire times in the in the eighteen hundreds or whatever, no one knew what a furry was. In like twenty fourteen, everyone knows what a furry is, and you're making a movie starring a bunch of anthropomorphic animals living in a so, city. So like, it's gonna happen. It's going to happen. Either you embrace it or you try to pretend it doesn't exists and that's what the tack that disney took (laughs) although i do remember there was a official twitter campaign where it was it was like uh what would be your zootopia what would you look like as a zootopia citizen that was the very particular wording that they picked for that the very (laughs) cowardly way to avoid saying the word (laughs) fursona and that got a lot of normies making personas i remember this right this was their first uh, anthropomorphic animal movie in a very long time, so maybe they were avoiding putting out anything like that because they have feared the furry <laughs> embrace. And then finally someone in the office just bugged them enough. What was the last one? Was it The Rescuers Down Under? God, it might have been. Huh. Like, I get, and but that was a very different style. This is much more in line with the actual yeah. anthropomorphic animals of right. Robin Hood. Rescuers is more like they look like mice, but they're basically wearing just clothes. Yeah. It's basically st- they're still the animals; they're just wearing people clothes. And for some reason, they're people sized. No, no, rescuers are normal. Well, size. no, the re- no, the rescuers. Yeah, the rescuers are, are the size of. Oh, I've mice. seen. Some, I've never seen um, the movie, but I think I remember from commercials. Never seen the rescuers. No, but I think I remember from the commercials that there's a human boy that's like the same size as the mice. Maybe he gets shrunk down. That doesn't sound like or the maybe- rescuers. <laughs> No, 
No, it doesn't. Boy... <laughs> that sounds too exciting for the rescuers. No, the boy was in the sequel, The Rescuers Down Under, and he was still normal size. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I also haven't even seen yeah. that since I was small. I, I have also never seen the original Rescuers. It seems pretty dry for a Disney movie. It seems very much more subdued and kind of boring. At least that's my vibe on it. Maybe I'd I like don't it, know. though. Good. But we're not here to talk about the Rescuers. We're here to talk about Zootopia. Yeah, we get sidetracked a lot, just a heads up. Oh, good. So... Zootopia. I don't. I'm, I didn't look into much of its uh, creation, but it was. It, it, it was. This is during the period between uh, Tangled, or you know, it was. It's the. It's the CGI Disney period after Tangled, like did huge numbers, and more importantly, after yeah, Frozen. It was like right. one of the first ones after Frozen, I think. I don't remember. Which is interesting because this movie. Uh, all of the other CG uh, Disney movies, other than Big Hero 6, are very much like formulaic Disney movies about a princess and whatnot. You got Frozen, you got Tangled, you got Moana. Moana has a little bit more going on than those other two, but still. This is a... is a um, I would say this one is a little bit raunchier than your average Disney It is fare. just a bit, huh? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. It has the whole naked sauna thing. <laughs> God. With friggin' Tommy Chong. And there's even... Oh, yeah, the Tommy Chong yak. Uh, and, and, then there's, and then there's also a bunch of just, like, one-off jokes and gags that had me raising my eyebrows. Like, they snuck that in here, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, and the whole, also, like, the little Breaking Bad mm-hmm. deal with the... Uh, yeah. Later on in the movie. Yep. I mean, Clark, oh, and Bunny Burrow. Jesse. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, there's a lot... There's a lot of jokes about Bunny's fucking in this movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, but yes, those guys are named Walter yeah. and Jesse. Also, as just a sign of the times, <laughs> the lady who voiced Judy, whose name I forget now, Jennifer Goodwin? Jennifer Goodwin? Thank you. Yeah, Jennifer Goodwin. Uh, she played Snow White in um, Once Upon a Time. And I, re- oh my I remember God. back when I was still watching Once Upon a Time, back when the movie first came out, and I was like, hey! <laughs> That's Snow White. <laughs> that that show looks insane. It, oh my god, it's pretty good. It gets confusing, but it's pretty good. My mom and my si- my mom and sister and I used to love that. Do you want me to give you a little background on the production of Zootopia? Sure, sure. I would love that. Um, it started off as a spy thriller, a '60s spy thriller <gasps> called Savage Seas, Ooh, which was later good. renamed to Savage City. And um, that's when Jennifer Goodwin and Jason Bateman, I believe, came on board. Is they were it was they were doing voices for a, a movie that was totally different in tone. It was black and white, like uh, not black and white shot, but like the the morality was like black and white, and it was noir, and it was um, it was more like it was more like Sin City, but in, with like rabbits and foxes and stuff. God, that could have that would have oh, been cool. Shit. Didn't they have like collars and stuff too, like tame like shot collars or something like that? Yeah, it was the the predators and the prey were already divided. Nick was the main character, um, and he ran a scam where he had like uh, a place where like prey like predators could unleash, and like they could take off their collars and pretend to be the vicious predators they are. Because when they were out in the real world, as it's as as is the case in Zootopia, uh, prey outnumber predators ten to one. So in in the first couple versions of Zootopia. Uh, Nick, Nick was uh, one of the many predators who was collared, so that whenever they exhibited behavior, 
that was similar to a predator, they would be shocked. Hey, then. And so they had this whole suppression thing going on. And I guess when, uh, when they when they embraced sort of uh, Byron Howard's vision, they were like, "Well, he's a positive guy. Let's like uh, make the movie more positive." positive. Uh, I kind of want that. That, that sounds, sounds rad. Very interesting, like a Disney esque Sin City with talking animals is a crazy right? idea. That would have been cool. They definitely brought some of that, like detective yarn, it. into yeah. Zootopia. Like the, the the bones are still there. It's just that it's a much sillier, <laughs> more. I, I like it because it's fun. Like that. Yes. The, it's 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 a little goofy, but like the the various sizes of the animals. They come in yeah. like, they come in like McDonald's sizes. There's like the. You know the extra biggie size or like Wendy's or something like, and then there's like the little kid size. Like the mice have like tiny little villages and tiny cars and. I do love that. I'm just thinking about when Judy gets on the train and it literally is the doors lined up like that. Yeah, yeah. Like the I I loved seeing really tall critters. Like I'm six foot two, or six foot one actually. Oh my god! But every like, time there was a giraffe my... on screen, I was just so happy. Oh yeah. yeah it, is, it is much goofier and more lighthearted, but at the same time the villain is trying to start that a race true. war very explicitly. But we'll we'll get to that. Um I will say Zootopia, I saw it maybe in theaters? I don't actually remember. I saw it close to when it came out and liked it. And as the years have gone on, I have thought more about the central allegory it hangs yeah. its hat on and how it doesn't really stand up to any kind of scrutiny or thought um it collapses as soon as you begin to interrogate what it's really trying to say which is my big problem with the movie because the third act is all that i love the second act the second act is just fun detective times with a lot of good jokes in it and then and then we start in on uh on some of the some of the themes of the film and what it thinks, but uh, we'll get there. Let's start at the beginning, shall we? <laughs> okay, so thousands of years ago. <laughs> yeah, we start with a the, the setup for the world, where uh, it is a uh, a world where predator and prey have have basically uh, evolved to the point where they have reconstructed human society. Like no humans. What if animals were humans? Um, and, and the, the predator and prey dynamics of the past are, are pretty much gone. You can be an I accountant. <laughs> I know, the, the little leopard kid at the end of the play. Or an actuary. Like, yeah, there we go. Yeah, the little <laughs> leopard kid at the end of the play being like, I don't have to be a mighty hunter, I can be an actuary. You follow your dream, kid. You, you follow that dream. Um, I also just give a shout out to the little panther dude in the background that's doing like all the sound effects on wonderful toy keyboards. That kid was having a blast. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> he's he's doing a great job. He's got a great future in theater, um, and we'll get we'll get back to this pageant scene in a bit. Uh, but you know, it's just it's just setting the stage. Ah. We are introduced to Judy. Uh, her dream is to become a cop, and everyone doesn't believe in her because she's a rabbit, and rabbits don't become I guess. cops. For reasons. I guess. Um, well, they're tiny. They're, they're tiny, they're, yeah. They're, they're wee. They're, they're little, and there is that, I guess. That seems to like be the only thing people have against it, too, is just, it always is just, no, you're small. Bad. 
Which, like, considering how diverse the size range of Zootopia citizenry is, you'd think you'd want a small brigade. Like, who's policing little Rodentia? Yeah! Literally, the first thing that she ends up doing where the giant rhino is like, wait for the real cops. What are you going to do, sir? Yeah, like... Also, are there no cops no. in the bunny burrow? Is it just like a cop-free zone? Yes. Oh, now that's a beautiful idea. But, uh, yeah, we just don't see anything. Uh, well, and, uh, like, her parents are trying to dissuade her. Like, why don't you just become a, a carrot farmer? Like, your, your all of your ancestors and your 100 siblings. They do straight up tell her, don't have just... dreams, Kate. Complacency is safer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom and dad. Give up on your dreams. I do love the dad's great. delivery on every line. Oh, though. yeah. To be fair, yes, he does a great job. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, and so this is where we see the like the 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 uh, confrontation with Gideon, uh, this fox. <laughs> it's <at his> dinner. Who, <laughs> who has one hell of an accent? Uh, scratches her across the cheek. Um, I thought those scars would be more prevalent in her character design. I did too. I, I don't think the, they like, really thematically, are. Thematically, I think it would have worked better. I mean, there would have still been everything else with the movie, but thematically, I feel like it would have worked better if she still had those scars as an adult. But I think so too. I think that the fur grows over them, but uh, I'm looking at the doll right now, and I don't see any scars at all. <laughs> so they really let down... The, the little girls who are going to look up to her. See? Because of the scars. Like, I think it would have helped sort of uh, make her, her character design more interesting to break up that, that homogeneity of the face. Um, the scars are a neat touch. It's kind of a thematic reminder. And they're just universally no. badass. Uh, they, yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> but, you know, not, not so. But the, all this only strengthens her resolve to become a cop, and I should say I opened my notes with AFCAB. <laughs> uh, all three cops are yes. bastards. And we will see that Judy engages in some interesting yeah, police I make sure tactics to throughout the movie. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll get to that. But she is going through her, her basic training, uh, kind of preparing herself for all of the, the various habitats that will be found in Zootopia. And, and just completely beefing it over and over again until she... I do love her drone instructor. Just every time Judy fails at something, she shouts, You're dead! Dead! You're dead! <laughs> You're dead, You're fluff. dead country bump yeah. fluff butt. <laughs> fluff butt, farm girl. Including carrot. when she falls no. into the toilet. That's that's the... Mm, okay, in terms of the world design, that's the first thing that fucked with me because... Now, okay, I know what you're about to say. You say, well, why don't yes. they have small toilets? But remember, remember, there's been no bunny cops exactly. in the history of the Force. So they, so assumingly, they were only building infrastructure for animals of that general size. That's true, size. I guess. Because it does seem like but it's only else, at the police station and, I guess, police academy that I notice these things that bother me in terms of um, accessibility. But I mean, like, I don't know, just, I mean, I'm assuming that, like, the ADA doesn't exist in this universe. I mean, not that, you know, being small animal would be a disability, but it's like, you have to accommodate to a point. Yeah. And, like, they just didn't even yeah, do that like at Yeah, well, what... So apparently there's yeah, they're, they're... Well, the reason it bothers me more is that, like, almost immediately after that is the training scene, where we do see that, like, it is built into the infrastructure of the, of the society, just not with toilets. 
Well, like, I'm they literally, about, they literally didn't have a small mammal, though. They literally like, didn't have it. This is true. But, but the, this is true. The only problem with that, though, is they didn't have the small toilet. But then, like in the boxing or in the fight ring scene, she's got small size gear. Yeah, that's that true. Is, wait, that is tiny true. Gear, at least. That's uh, true. Maybe there are bunny boxers. I don't know. Ooh. Actually, it feels like that would be a thing. Bunnies and kangaroos being or getting into boxing. This could have been I'll a tell movie. you my big problem with this world. Where are all the goddamn reptiles? I know. Why is it only mammals? Right? They took them out. <laughs> Apparently, they're on a different content right. continent. That's fucked up. Because every time I heard like, because Lionheart talks about like the mammal inclusion initiative, and I'm like, well, what does that mean? There aren't any non-mammals here. The entire cast of this movie yeah. is mammalian. Yeah, it just meant like inclusion of different kinds of mammals. That's the only inclusion thing. of small yeah, it mammals. Yeah, should have been like, like size inclusion initiative or something. And they, but like, then they also say missing mammals, and most of those guys are like yeah. pretty large. Well, and also that being said, there's no birds either. There's no avians. I don't believe. Yeah, no birds. We- no reptiles. We see a stand no in Tundra Town that seems to be just selling fish as food. So, like, fish exist, they're just not anthro. It's all very strange. They uh, might have a totally different type of society. Right? It might be like a Bojack Horseman thing. Like Luffy walking Pluto. <laughs> also that. Yeah, it's just... it's. It is just, like, I can accept the fish thing and the insect thing because they're much harder to anthropomorphize. Um, well, if fish couldn't like, be seen anyways, they have to be in the water. Meh. And, yeah, and because in these ecosystems these animals are from in real life, fish aren't always, like, involved in it. But a lot of reptiles yeah. are. Crocodiles, Gila monsters, snakes... All I mean, of these things. of the city is desert, and you have a fair amount of reptiles in the desert. Well, I mean, the freaking rain, yeah. the rainforest. Also that. There's yeah. There's frog dudes. There should have that been That would have been a spot for snakes, dudes. too. Also snakes. I, I definitely thought that it was missing when I was watching it, but at the same time, when you're writing a story that's got this many layers and is introducing a world, <laughs> like... Super narrowing your focus is not a terrible thing, and it does leave yeah. something for the sequel should they decide to. That's true. Do that. That's very. Um, true. I, think really... I feel like they've had one planned for a while, but I have not heard any rumblings about oh. Zootopia two in a very. I think long really what time. I'm getting at is I would have been kicked out of the writers' room for constantly being like, "But where are the other animals?" Real quick. Oh no! I was looking for something else. I actually found an answer to something we were pondering earlier. Oh no. No, 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 which was the, um, we were talking about how this was, like, one of their first movies to use anthro animals since a certain movie. As of the, as of when this was released, this was the third animated feature to use exclusively anthropomorphic animals after Robin Hood, so we have that, right? And Chicken Little in 2005. Oh, I forgot about Chicken Little. Oh, God, I forgot about Chicken right. Little. I forgot that was oh, a Disney God. film. Yeah, right? Like, oh. Apparently it is. There are a lot of movies where you look at it and say, this is a Disney film? Thank um, God for that pervert that John Lasseter. <laughs> also in that camp, Mars Needs Moms. That is a Disney That's film. Disney? Oh, I'm okay. That's Disney. It's on Disney+. Plus. This is yeah. a threat. Yeah, it is. I have not seen it. Well, it's on. It's on. It's It's Disney. It's on Disney+. Plus. Right? This is a threat. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> of course it's on so Plus. It's on Disney+. Plus. She, uh, Judy graduates she gets uh put in the, the precinct one of, of zpd as part of mayor lionheart's uh, mammal inclusion project mayor lionheart of course voiced 
by the immortal, uh, the great J.K. Simmons. Always a joy to hear his and voice. And see, why couldn't we have had a Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> Literal, yeah, right? Yeah. Literal. <laughs> we really missed out. And well, it is, she is a... It is, par- oh, it is part of the Disney like cinematic universe now See? so the next zootopia could literally have oh, a spider-man variant oh my God. from the oh, no. inside the spider uh, verse if they put that shit on premiere access i would pay extra just for spider-man just for a real anthro spider-man before i i actually don't think disney has any of the spider-verse characters no probably no. not it is sony you're right only Tom Holland. Tom Holland can be in Zootopia too. He can also he can also wield like a drone army in that. It's all animals, but just like in Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yes, I would. It's an isekai. Spider. Actually, Spider-Man Three is going to be a Zootopia sequel. Um, I, I I've learned this. I've got I've got the, oh the hacks. TM TM. <laughs> Although Spi- oh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is coming up, maybe that'll you be see? a Zootopia sequel. Oh, Spider-Man Fur from Home. <gasps> no, oh, there it is. I was no. trying to think of a part. Right, moving on, moving on. <laughs> Please do. Don't encourage him. So, Judy is boarding the train to Zootopia. I really like this sequence oh, because one of my favorite things in this movie is seeing all of the clever ways they adapt these biomes into a city infrastructure. There's a lot of yeah. fun touches uh the uh the like rain the sprinklers that keep the rainforest wet uh mm-hmm. all all of this stuff but also in this movie i made sure to freeze frame every sight gag i saw so let's start with judy's right. ipod yes. as she's as she's riding the train <laughs> I, I i identified as many as i could i could fully see so here's a list of some of the artists on her ipod Katy <laughs> perry <laughs> <laughs> U2 spelled E W E. Nice. The Fur Fighters. Nice. Destiny's Cub. Ah. Uh. Fleetwood Yak. <laughs> okay. Yep. Guns and Rodents. Ah, okay. Hyena Gomez. <laughs> and Mick Jaguar. <gasps> oh, that one's a okay. good one. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't even aware Mick Jagger had like a solo career, but I guess uh, he probably doesn't. They just really, really wanted that right. pun. Then I guess they, I guess they figured that, that would be just something easily recognizable too. Yeah. Yes. Maybe you just but she can't so- see the other artist that's attached, with, which is David uh, Boa Constrictor <gasps> or something. Uh, <laughs> David Boa. And it's it's dancing on the ceiling or whatever that song. Oh my is. God! Yes. Well, that's a Lion. That's a Lionel Richie. Lion song. Richie. No, um, it's not that one. It's the other one dancing. In the streets, dancing in the streets. That's it. Yeah. So, and I'll, she's she selects Shak- uh, excuse me, Gazelle. I almost yeah. said Shakira because she is just Shakira's persona. Um, and before she kill, kick, uh, picks the the pop, the top one hundred pop hit, try everything. Um, there are a few other of Gazelle's songs oh. of note, such as "Let <laughs> It Go." <laughs> oh no, Arabian Nights. Huh? Oh. And part of your <gasps> wool. Love it. Nice. Oh my god. Incredible. That's better than the original. They should have put those on the uh, <laughs> They should. Yeah, they should have. There made, needs to be a fan even if it was back. like brief yeah. snippets of. Uh, well, honestly, what this was missing was the Pixar outtake style. Like, I want to see all of those bootleg movies. Uh, 
from uh, the the Duke of the Duke yeah. Weaselton that uh, that he's selling. I want to see excerpts from all that stuff. Right. And don't worry, I also have I all of those too. listed. Yep. But yeah, it's it's really it's just a great uh, introduction to Zootopia as a setting. She gets to like Grand Central Station, and we see a whole bunch of fun yeah. stuff. All of these like hamster and lemming businessmen through it. tubes. Uh, a Jamba Juice with pneumatic tubes so that the giraffes can get their their morning juice. <laughs> um. Oh, what is it? Hippos like get to stand on like a big ass air vent when they first flop up out of the water. Yeah, because they're they're going through a waterway, um, and they have like a, a, a like yeah. a blow dryer at the at the end of it. Yeah, oh, also a lot of fun. You did briefly mention um, "Try Everything," which is the like theme song for the movie and plays over the intro scene. That song is a banger. Yeah. Like I didn't heard, yeah. I didn't listen to it Pretty in a good. while, but can you say the lyrics though? Can you remember what they are even after listening to it? Uh 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 uh, uh. vaguely. <laughs> yeah, I know the song. It's like. She lost another fight. Uh, it's just like a kind of yeah, generic, I mean, pretty generic pump up jam. Nice. It sounds nice. Uh, it sounds pretty nice, but other it's than heavy. that, I hear it. It's all. It's like it. It got a lot of radio play. I think it's one of those that that broke through the the pop charts uh, because it's yeah. Shakira. Well, I have a I have a ten year old daughter who was younger at the time the movie came out, and she was obsessed with this song. She played it all the time, oh, and. We were at this we were at this friend's party and they had the karaoke of it. And all the girls like when it got to like the verses, they were just like absolutely lost. lost because they, they they had no idea what she was actually saying. What was uh what's her opinion on Let It Go? Uh she liked it for a hot minute and then she hated it with a passion. But she likes Frozen okay, Two, so I don't know. The the girls all like Frozen Two around here. I don't know. Frozen Two. I I have no knowledge of anything that goes on in Frozen uh, we get Two. A, so that will be interesting. We get a straight up '90s R&B song sung by um, Elk. Or, oh yeah, no, that's Reindeer. Reindeer. And it is hilariously glorious. I watched yeah. it with my family when I was home for Christmas. Uh, Judy is a freak. <laughs> uh, this is where we start to learn this because she loves living in this horrible apartment next to these two annoying idiots who have been confirmed um, to be a married couple. Oh yeah, that's right. I don't like that they're fighting all the time in that case. I don't know. I, like, the gag is fine. I like it. Just horrible, annoying yeah. neighbors um, <laughs> who won't shut the hell up. And also, I really like the gag where they're like, she's going through oh emotional God, distress. Yeah. Shut up. She just feels like a huge loser. I mean, my favorite part um, is when she calls home to her parents and, and they start chanting, meter maid at her yeah or like her her like little um like microwave food that she makes i know this is a little further yes. in the film but it's like carrot for one yeah uh, it's, it's so just, sad yeah, i love it um but yeah i i don't necessarily yeah but i don't necessarily think we should be giving disney credit for saying oh those two background gag characters yeah they were they're gay because it's the same thing yeah. with frozen in the sauna scene like oh those guys who appeared for like two and a half seconds wait did they actually confirm that you're represented Oh, okay. I think I they did. They ever I'm pretty it. sure either that or people just convinced themselves nah. that that was the case. Yeah, I never heard anything official about it, so I don't know. No, I think it, it was 2013. The, fan, the fandom it was a, with it, basically. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought that was it. It was an odd time. Uh, it was not like in Avengers Endgame where one of the directors put himself in as a gay guy for two seconds in that support group. Oh. That was That was weird. one of the directors? Yes, that was one of the ah, Russos. I don't know what either of them looks like, so I didn't know. 
I believe there was a super hyped uh, like um, gay relationship in Star Wars: Rise of the Skywalker too. Rise of Skywalker. Oh right, like the two ladies kiss in the background. Yeah, of I was one about to say I've very seen briefly, the movie and I then have just no idea gone. who it's talking about. Oh, Rise of Skywalker. I still haven't seen it. I don't want to. <laughs> Please don't. I. It took me like a year and a half before I finally watched it. It is a. It felt like an exact even mix of bad stuff and good stuff. I simply don't have two and a half hours That's to waste fair. on a movie that bad. So, uh, so she is like getting used to her her city life. She's going into the uh, to the precinct. We meet Benjamin Clawhauser. I don't like. Benjamin Clawhauser. I, loved him when I was a kid. I but think he's he... a. Yeah, but now it's like, man, this is kind of like a tacky stereotype, goofy character, yeah, huh? Bit. We got we got the crossover between funny gay and funny fat, <laughs> and that's a rare one. Yeah, uh, doesn't he have like one a deal? Yeah, they doesn't he have like a donut just stuck to his fur? Yeah, they somewhere? do. Yeah, they like in his yeah, they flag. literally do the gag where there's a donut in his neck roll. Like, I liked him. <laughs> I liked him when I first watched it, but it, he just feels like uh, every time I watch it, like, this character feels meaner and meaner every time I watch it. I, I do. Know. I do kind of like the fact that Clawhauser is is the face of the ZPD, yes. and that he they chose someone sort of friendly looking who's supposed to be harmless. So when all the prejudice and bias comes to ahead in the film like you're you're now seeing this character who's engendered a lot of sympathy yeah. for being like cuddly and adorable and he's being treated like a monster so that kind of works but i don't think it ever offsets the sort of like funny gay funny fat that you're referring to well plus his very first scene is such is just the the awkward like calling judy cute and her going oh see a bunny can call another oh bunny lord cute. i hated that i, I did the hated what part now? Oh, Judy experiences a microaggression. Yeah, her, it, like sees how little she is, and he's like, "Oh my god, you're so cute!" And she goes, "Oh, see, a bunny can call another bunny cute, but when other animals do it, no." It was so bad. Yeah, I'm a fan. Please, <laughs> please, you cannot be this ham-fisted. I mean, no, I think it's, though. I think it's cool. I think it's an interesting way to do it. it, and I think that it works. It works with the story they're telling. That's true. It works with the story they're telling. I guess she's she's so, underestimated, and plus, you know, this is, is all her perspective. So everything we've seen has been slightly lower, and she's smaller. That's true. And, and you're just about to get into the scenes where it's it's blatantly obvious that she's this tiny little thing in this room full of giant things made like to make her feel small. That's true. Well, and also, too, we still keep in mind, even though we're adults review, well, we're supposedly adults reviewing <laughs> Disney movies, hey. their big part of the audience is still kids, and you kind of, with most kids, kind of have to be ham to do that. That is true, and, you know, I, that is a that is a pretty, you know, it's, it's, I think a lot of times people get overzealous criticizing kids' media. However, I can't help but remember the news story from, you know, last year or the year before where this movie was being shown in sensitivity training classes what? for cops. What? What? Yeah. I, I did not know um, that one. I did not I, hear about that. Wow. This this was the thing that I remember it came out that there were there was a, there was a few sensitivity training classes that were using this film as a way That's... to teach racism. 
a little bit. And I just think if you may, this is a movie for children. Should they be teaching tolerance, not racism? Yeah, first off. Well, (laughs) it's it's just so. Well, yeah, actually, I'm going to racism class. Person again in my being sensitivity training. I don't think a Disney movie is going to get through to them. No. Or no. Or they're just hit scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as like who they're letting in, and they're just they're just they're just going to the preschool level of, uh, (laughs) you know, the kindergarten level of uh, of moral. Start you off. You gotta start you off here. Yeah. I mean, Um, I feel like you can achieve the same results just by standing by with a squirt bottle going no. Honestly, better results. You probably get better. Yeah, better results. So. Judy is is in the the like <clears throat> uh, assignments. We meet Chief Bogo, voiced by yeah. Idris Elba. I love Freaking Chief Bogo. Love I think cool. he's great. Her seat is um, like five hundred feet tall. He's just a huge jacked dude. Um, he's he is the like the the you know the the asshole chief who doesn't believe in the rookie. Um, but uh, we this is where we get one of my favorite jokes where he says we have to address the elephant in the room, oh, yeah. and then which is. The uh, the elephant officer, a happy birthday. <laughs> there, and he assigns everyone all these cool, all, all the the got we got. So we get the setup for the mystery. There are a bunch of mammals, all predators who have gone missing, all over the city, um, and he is assigning everyone these beats to investigate that. And he gives Judy, uh, yeah, parking which duty. Which they frame it as like she's small, so he doesn't believe in her skill, but also parking duty. I have a grant. I don't know a lot about the dynamics of being a cop, but parking duty your first day feels fairly reasonable. Like, yeah, she's a brand like, new cop. She's not going to immediately get thrown on a big ticket investigation. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter how well you did in police academy or whatever. It's still your first day. You're not going to get immediately handed this super high-profile, super hot case. Plus, you don't have street experience. You're not going to throw a complete rookie onto such a high-profile and serious case. It's this like, is also, like, her second day yeah. in the city. Yeah, and Bogo, yeah, he's kind of an asshole about it, but I don't necessarily think he's super wrong about giving her <laughs> parking duty for, like, her first week. With. I mean, he was stern. Yeah, but he was basically saying, look, I got a job to do. You don't get to just come in and say, I want, I want, I want. Yeah. Now, granted, right after um, that, we also that, do find out that yes, ticket quotas are a thing. Well, yeah. And so this is where we also we get more of a peek into Judy's complete freak brain, um, because she's like, "I'm going to give everyone fucking tickets. I'm going to print three thousand tickets. Everyone who has a minor parking violation, I'm going to give Judith. them a ticket." <laughs> Gotta stop. What I love about this Gotta. is that she uses her rabbit senses and her rabbit like yeah. qualities to maximize the assholery. Yeah. It's like her yeah. ears perk up, of, her nose twitches. As much as I and she, as much as I course, hate it, I must concede that right. it was fun to watch. It's very fun. It, it's also fun that everyone hates her because because yes, you're giving people parking tickets. No one the likes little, that. And you're little hippo girl. My mommy wishes you were dead. Oh, I love that line. <laughs> I noticed some other dogs like, parking there. No, no, yeah, they just walk away. Uh, very funny. But yes, this is where she while she's doing parking tickets. Um. We get our introduction to Nick Wild. This uh, this I gotta wait. Hold up. I like his middle name Tiberius. No, uh, with a P. Tiberius. 
Tiberius? Typer- no, starts with a P. Tiberius? Tiberius? Tiberius. I hate that. That's weird. I. That's a very strange name. Why would you um, do this to me? But... Oh, we should we should mention that uh, Judy's parents are extremely racist. Oh my god, yeah, there's um, a whole scene of we forgot about this. Especially her dad being like, "Hey, watch out for them foxes." You know, I got you eight million ways yeah, to watch kill out a fox for... right here in this bag. So, I mean, to be fair, what happened to her as a kid? Foxes. I mean, still racist, but I mean, you can also understand their particular worry <laughs> over that. He he gives her fox. Yeah, what is that? I to give her fox taser too, but mom said no. <laughs> It's what well, was a taser specifically. Yeah, what all was there? There's a fox. So. It looks like there's a whole the brand money. called Fox no Away. Money. Maybe voltage settings. I guess. I think it to make my, it's the same way as you know Disney can charge ten bucks more for a pencil because it's got Mickey Mouse on it. So huh. fox on a fox taser, boom, money. But but uh, Judy immediately racially profiles Nick, uh, and of course I'm using all of these despite the fact that there's predator and prey. The allegory is very yeah. clear. Um... And so he's going into this like big uh, elephant ice cream store. Uh, this scene um, where they are scooping the ice cream with their uh. trunks. <laughs> mm, I uh-uh. no, I don't like that. Um, but he wants a jumbo pop for his adorable baby boy, um, and he's he is just I. This hustle is so good. Yeah. I love this shit. Nick, Nick is, is unironically great. my favorite um, character in the movie. Oh, absolutely. He is my favorite character for sure. Like, especially during the the first half, he is he is just such uh, an asshole. Uh this so he he is griff he is putting on the act yeah. hard. And he's like, "Oh, it's my ba- little baby boy's birthday. He wants to be an elephant when he grows up. Well, can't you just give him a jumbo pop, sir?" Um and you know, he gets turned away. And then Judy decides to engage uh, in some no extortion. F- yes. Uh, she's oh, you know, she black will... I don't think that would be because she, she's not trying to get anything out of it. That would be more like blackmail. That's true. That's, there's she a, a lot. <laughs> she she likes hanging things over people's heads. Um, I mean, to be fair, they usually but... give her the rope with which to hang themselves. <laughs> That's true. So they uh they they get the jumbo pop. Nick <laughs> Nick has a great line here, uh, where where. Judy's like, I, it's so rare to see such a nice fox. And Nick responds, wow, it's so rare to see someone so non-patronizing. <laughs> Get her ass. I think she calls him like a real articulate fellow or something like that. Yeah. Yes. It's like, ooh. It's, she's <laughs> pulling out all of the, like, you're one of the good ones compliments. Judy. It's yes. like, oh. Judy says a lot of things over the course of this movie that make it somewhat hard for me to sympathize with her, even after her, you know come come to jesus moment it doesn't feel necessarily earned with the gravity of her actions also i will say one thing we'll i hadn't realized before but that i think i'm going to just start doing for all of these movies is i looked up their ages nick is 32 and Julie, or judy is 24 hmm. so whatever that oh, does for you, remember. nick is a so nick it's okay for me to ship them together still they're both adults so it's fine yeah that's fine <laughs> Oh, we're gonna get to that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll. Oh lord. Oh All god, right. yeah. Um, we're just we're discussing a few things after this, but uh, no, I just remember some... as far as the whole cringy thing. The first time I saw this video was when I was dating my last ex, and we were at his place watching on whatever he had. And he got you ice cream. He with his over, well, he looked over at one point and he saw me like just sitting there <laughs> cringing, and he's like, "What are you 
you doing? I'm like, are you not listening to this? <laughs> yeah, have you not heard? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but uh, so so Judy is back giving tickets. Everyone hates her uh, for obvious reasons. And she notices uh, Nick again. Uh, or no, she notices Finnick. Uh, I love that's F I N N I C. Finnick. Oh, I didn't realize we ever got his name. Okay. Um, yeah, we get his name. And so. I love him. So we see the grift in action. And I will um, say the only Nick, part of this that I disapprove of is at the very end when he lies to the construction crew. That part's not cool, Nick. Otherwise, so, otherwise we'll get there in a second. When he, okay. So yeah, let me let me let me run it down for y'all. So Nick, he uh, is melting the jumbo pop on on the top of the the desert town uh, roofs, uh, sluicing off the the melted uh, popsicle into some mason jars. Uh, they then go to Tundra Town to refreeze them into uh, paw shaped popsicles. <laughs> they call them popsicles. Um, then they head over to a, 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 a like law practice staffed by Lemmings, set up a popsicle stand right outside, and uh, as Lemmings are wont to do, they go in a straight line and buy all of the popsicles. Uh, they throw all the pops- popsicle sticks into a recycle bin, which is also part of the plan, because after that, uh, Nick brings all of the used popsicle sticks over to a hamster construction company and says it's Redwood uh, and gets another fat paycheck. <laughs> that- Red space wood. Redwood. Red, red space wood. The hustle is real. <laughs> and see, that's the. I mean, you gotta respect the hustle. <laughs> that's the only part of it that I'm not huge or that I don't like is like they selling them subpar construction yes, materials. The, like people are gonna have to be able, be able to live and work inside these buildings, Nick. <laughs> At least all of them you're giving I, them I, popsicle sticks. So I can... love how cleverly it weaves like. Nick's hustle into the fabric of Zootopia, into the different layers of the different societies that exist within it. Yep. Like when he well, he gives it to the lemmings, and each one of them eats like eats it and then throws it in the in the trash. Like they're all they're all doing the thing where they dive off the cliff together. You know, like if one of them does it, all of them do it. Indeed. Uh, so Judy sees all of this, of course. Uh, and attempts to arrest Nick for it. Um, I don't necessarily... Maybe the wood, but I don't think really the rest of it is an arrestable yeah. offense. You can like, argue, like, morality on it, I guess, but... I guess, but uh, but he is, he's got all his permits. Yeah. Um, Could have been, like, scal- kind of something similar to ticket scalping, maybe? Like, get a bu- like get the one thing for cheaper, and then scalp it for more, and then the fraudulent... Well, she tries to tell but him it's not like, Redwood, even though he points out. It's not like any of those lemmings would have been going to the Jumbo Pop store. They're like, it's completely different yeah. customer bases. Uh, but yeah, so Nick just fucking does a 400 hit combo on Judy and completely <laughs> obliterates her. Um, and then she's left standing in, like, in wet cement. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, listen, you're just like a meter maid. You can't, like, I I have been doing this for a very long time. You cannot just come up here and try to get my ass, all right? Uh, Also, you're standing in wet cement. So this this is actually the montage where we see everyone, like, hating her. This is also where we get her first uh, call from her parents. 
she FaceTimes her mom and dad, and she's like, yeah, well, it's, it's not going too great. I'm a No, she doesn't maid. tell them. They notice uh, her they are, vest. The, the vest, they're going, are you a meter maid? <laughs> and then they start celebrating because a meter maid is the safest thing you can be. And her dad straight up says, it's okay, she's not a real cop. Like, ah, or one of them does. I think it's her dad. Yeah, it's her dad. Uh, it's, and of course, this is the part where the neighbors are like, "She, you pipe down. She's really going <laughs> through care. it." Well, also when she starts, I love how like she's playing with her radio and like it just keeps playing the most depressing sad. shit ever. And the man yeah. trying to yell at her to turn the depressing music off. <laughs> Stop playing <laughs> that sad music. Um, and so we cut to the next day and during her like depressive ticketing fugue, someone runs up and says, Hey, Hey, that guy just stole a bunch of stuff from my store. You're going to, you're going to do something about it. And her blood immediately starts boiling and she just runs after this guy. <laughs> she throws away her hat and um, her vest and just takes the fuck off. Yep. So this weasel has stolen a duffel bag full of something and is running through the streets. Uh, with with Judy in pursuit, their chase leads them to I Little Rodentia. So uh, what a great! I love this is a great setting. The tiny city, uh, with all the the shrews and the voles and whatnot, um, and they just cause utter chaos over this chase. Like, how much property damage is wrought by these two? Who can say? Citing a scurry, I do like that. Um, I know. Like, he tries to knock over a row of apartment buildings to get away. He's riding on the train. It's complete chaos. Uh, he, 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 uh, like, sends a donut rolling down the street to distract Judy, but she saves uh, this lady from, from getting crushed by the donut, compliments her hair. This will be important for oh later. Oh my god, did you see those leopard print jeggings? Yeah, leopard print jeggings. Holy <laughs> shit. I love it. Um, she's very Jersey Shore. Uh, oh yeah, she's extremely. This is a Snooky rat for sure. Um, but uh, she uh, she pins him with the with the donut and rolls him into the, yeah. the police station. It's like I caught the crook, and Bogo's like, "Hey, no, it's, it's, I popped the weasel." No, no, I think she even goes, "I popped the weasel." I popped Which, the weasel. Did she um, straight up just roll him by hand all the way back to the precinct? What the fuck? I, I'm going to say yes. I assume so. Yeah, it's a very funny image. But Bogo is not happy with what has transpired today. He's like, all right, so you chase this guy and cause a whole bunch of chaos and Lurinja. You cause a scurry uh, for like two dozen moldy onions. What the fuck? Um, and he is, this is where he's like, yeah, well, you know what? It's fucking turn in your badge. Like... You gotta stick. Or no, this is not where he says turn your badge. He's like, can you please just stick to parking duty? Like, you should not be involved in all of this stuff. Um, and this is where we meet Mrs. Yes. Otterton, uh, the wife of Emmett Otterton. Uh, a pretty clear. Yes, played by Octavia yeah, Spencer. Yeah, I did not catch um, that until the credits. Holy shit. And, like. Oh, uh, Priscilla, the, 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 the shrew that. Um, or no, Priscilla is the... There's another good bit of, of, of casting later. Priscilla is a sloth right, right, right. in the DMV. Yes. Played by Kristen it's Wiig. Kristen Bell. Um, no, Kristen Bell, excuse me. Kristen, I can oh, yeah, because Kristen Bell so. loves so, sloths. Yeah. Oh! Yes. And um, so Emmett Otterton is a pretty clear, like, 
reference to Emmett Otter's Drug Band Christmas, oh, I, I feel. Uh, it is a that is a Jim Henson special uh, with starring uh. a bunch of otters. It's like a classic. Um, so I, I feel like calling a guy Emmett Otterton. Yeah. I mean, you got to be doing that on purpose. But she's basically like entreating Bogo to like, please, can you find my husband? He's been missing for so long. He wouldn't. He would not just go missing like this. And he's just like. Listen, we're doing everything we can. We're on the case, but Judy volunteers to to take yes, up the case. And oh, I forget if it's before or after Ms. Otterton comes in that he tells Judy this isn't just some uh, some cartoon musical where you can sing a song and all of your dreams will come true. And then he straight up says, "So let it go." <laughs> yes, there are a lot of jokes, a lot of Disney yeah. jokes in here. Um, I feel like those would work better in a more cynical I mean, movie, yeah, honestly. you know, like their original idea, maybe? Yeah, like, just like spy the fact that this ends with a sing-along dance party, basically, I don't know. Uh, it just it just lacks the bite. It's, it's very similar to Atlantis, where it's like, I can see it straining against the yeah. Disney-ness of it. Like, it is trying desperately to break free, but it can't quite <clears throat> it's not quite as bad as atlantis but in that regard but it's 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 pretty clear there but anyway bogo ushers emmett uh emmett's uh wife out and then immediately turns to judy says all right you're fired that was fucking across the line you cannot do that you're gonna you're gonna go through that door i'm gonna tell her uh that, oh you made a mistake and you're not actually going to do it um you, why have you done but, this oh, to me? never mind turns out the assistant mayor was uh, right here yeah, so Assistant Mayor Bellwether is here. She's been around uh, over the course of Judy's journey, being very supportive of her. She's like, oh, well, I heard you were uh, taking up this case. I'm, I'm very happy for you, Judy, uh, which you know puts Bogo on the spot and kind of forces him to acquiesce yeah. a little bit. Uh, he still says, uh, all right, well, I'll, I'll give you two days to solve this. Uh, and then you turn in your badge if you do not. So she's trying to look for leads, uh, complicated by the fact that she is not in the computer yeah. system yet. So because she can't, again, like, this is her first use... fucking day. It's like her second okay, day. Yeah, you're right. Um, but Clawhauser uh, has some security footage. Oh yeah. And she notices that Emmett was last seen eating one of Nick's uh, popsicles. <laughs> And sees Nick in the background and says, well, I, I guess I have a lead. So this is where we start the buddy comedy segment of the movie, which is, in my opinion, the strongest bit. Which starts with blackmail. Yes. Judy blackmails another person. This is very explicitly blackmail. Uh, she forces Nick to cooperate by holding a, a million dollar case of tax evasion yeah. over his oh, head. Oh, and recording him without his consent and knowledge. Yes. Um, this is still not the worst thing she does, yeah. but we'll get to that. There was the funny scene of Clawhauser with, or like, forcing some dude who was getting arrested to look at him on this stupid dancing app. Yes, yeah, the fucking gazelle-like dance app where you can put your head over one of her sexy tiger dancers. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, wow, you've got a lot of mo good moves. Benjamin Clawhouse. Fun fact, also, they actually had that up on the website for a while, so you could actually do that. 
God, of course they I don't did. Know if it's still there. I like that. Fun fact: Shakira wanted to be a police officer when she was young. I did not know this. Huh? I cannot picture her. Well, I mean, just because of who she is now, I cannot picture her as a police officer. Um, I mean, her hips didn't say it to me, so I don't know if it's exactly the truth, but... <laughs> that's about to there you go. That's you, you don't her know unless it's her hips. <laughs> oh my god, just picture Gazelle doing... By the way, they... Die. Didn't they, uh... Didn't Shakira request that they give Gazelle a huge ass? I remember, I think one of y'all saying that. Specifically. I did. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah no, she did. She saw the original concept art and she requested that the artist... <laughs> well, yeah. It's Shakira's persona. You can't not... <laughs> Guys, what's guys, interesting guys, about the design of Gazelle? What's what's interesting about her design is that her her legs actually like most of the animals have like accurate looking like legs and limbs and stuff to what an animal would have. But hers, like her feet are like her her knees are actually her or not her knees. They're like they're like her feet. Yeah. So it's very weird the way that it like the way that she in particular looks most like a human figure. It's because Shakira got into the design room and was like, look at this. My ass is my signature. Right. Do you know my hit song? Have you heard my hit song about my hips and how they don't lie? Also kind of weird that Gazelle wears high heels and Shakira, like when she's performing, really doesn't like wearing shoes. Huh. Have you ever heard Shakira's like original songs? She was like a rock girl. Was she? I genuinely that's, only that's remember so cool. like this and Hips Don't Lie. I'm gonna have to look up more Shakira stuff. I feel I like I yeah, she's had a she has. I think she's had a very interesting career. So uh, this is a dynamic I really love. So Judy is attempting to solve this case. Nick is attempting to yeah. screw her over, <laughs> uh, while still technically helping her um so they uh where do they go first they go to where emmett was last seen right the uh, the nude the natural yes the only studio. note that i have about this place is giraffe volleyball they so all right nick is like are you sure this is not really a place for an innocent little bunny to go and she's like yeah you fuck you guy. i am I'm a police so we meet the I am a police. <laughs> I will go to this perfectly normal place. So they meet Tommy God. Chong Yak, uh, real stinky guy. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, I heard about Emmett. Uh, he used to be here. Yeah, I remember him. Uh, I'm going to talk to his yoga instructor. So he, he comes out from behind the desk and Judy realizes that he is completely nude. Um, and of course, none of these animals have rendered genitalia, no, yeah. but you wouldn't, you wouldn't guess that from the reactions. Oh, the editing in this um, part is great. The whole sequence. It's hilarious. It's, it's like, like the jungle beat comes in and like, there's these, all these snap zooms into different, <laughs> like naked animals, like Just tongue bathing themselves. Everywhere. I love all of it so much. Like got a, got a jaguar licking his leg. Judy is just horrified. It, this is the part where it's like, wow, they really snuck yeah. this one in. Um, this this feels like quite a bit raunchier than your usual <laughs> Disney gags. Uh, relating um, to the note that we, I did take here, uh, we do, like, backing away from, like, the nudity gags, there is, to the side, another good size gag. Because every time there was a giraffe on screen, I was watching, like, a hawk for anything happening. But, like, I don't even remember the other two animals. I think it was, like, two sheeps or something playing volleyball with, like, two giraffes, and <laughs> they're so big. 
that all they have to do is stand right at the net, and as soon as the other guys hit it, they just bop. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. So they uh, they come to the the Emmett's yoga instructor, who's an elephant. Um, and th- I like this gag where the the yak is like. Yeah, man, she never forgets anything. She's an elephant. And then she doesn't remember anything, but he remembers everything. <laughs> I do not remember. <laughs> I do not know this beaver. <laughs> I do not know this beaver. Um, And the whole time she's just doing yoga poses. Nick is staring. He sure is staring. Um, Nick, you good there, buddy? Um, he and Fairness does have a couple reaction shots for it. Where he's like, you can tell he's looking at the pose and being Whoa. like, yeah, I can't physically do that. Yeah, he's like, he's, half of it is like, he's just like, what the fuck? How is she doing that? Um, pretty great. But, uh, they get the, the plate of the car that he got picked up by. A very fancy, uh, car with white trim. He, he remembers all of the plate numbers. Uh, he's like, man, I wish I had memory as good as okay, her. That, like, some, I can't remember what it was, but he even remembers that something needed to be like two numbers. Yeah, the third cylinder like wasn't firing. Right, right. He, wear, you know, he was wearing that cable knit sweater vest. It was a good look. <laughs> um, so she's like, well, I can't run this plate because I'm not in the system. And Nick's like, ah, shit. Oh, well. Um, guess, guess it's done. I can go home, right? Give me the, give me the fucking carrot. Um, the carrot pen used to illicitly record my voice. And she says, wait, you said any moron can run a plate, right? Well, why don't you, uh, run this plate for me, moron? Ooh. Ha 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 ha. He's got his friend. Government employees are slow. You get it, guys? You gotta, he's got this, uh, the, I do like this Yeah, okay, to be fair. Oh god, I love Um. Because, like, yeah, the DMV is slow. Um, the stapling and the stamping of the paper gave me anxiety. God! It's so anxiety-inducing, this whole scene. Like, Ju- Judy is just squirming the whole time, and Nick is loving the every second of it. The pink girl to the side trying um, to get her picture taken for her license. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Did she, so. Is she, like, a refugee from Sing? Like, that was so weird. <laughs> It's like the same design. I don't know which came the, first, but I think like I also yeah, I guess the, the, the pigs, career didn't really take off. I guess. Well, we I definitely think I definitely feel like movie. we see her character model like five more times in the movie. Uh, she, Every pig looks that. the same. Like they're all the same she, pig. She pops up here. Um, I know she pops up at the very end. I think they might be different. I have characters. no idea. Like, ev- like there, uh, there, I think it's the same. There are a few I pigs. Think, I think it's confirmed um, it's the same part. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Like all of the. All of the pigs are literally just the same character model, I think. Probably. Um, but she really does. She really does look like a Sing character. So we got Flash here. Uh, this is Nick's buddy in the DMV who is going to painstakingly slowly uh, run this plate for Judy. And while oh, Nick, Nick, in the middle of him, like putting in the, the, the license plate numbers, says, hey, Flash, want to hear a joke? Um, he's like, I would love to hear a joke. You would think that they would just have him, like, speak normal and then, like, slow it down so it's, the words are drug out and slowed down, but it's... I honestly think it's funnier that they just speak normally, they just speak very Yeah, it's, because, yeah, that's what it is. His, his words are at a normal speed, 
they just have these really awkward pauses between every word. It's kind of like it's it's kind of like Treebeard from Lord of the Rings. Ah! You yeah. know the Ents where they and, they tell these super long winded stories forever, and they take forever to make yeah, any and, decision. Except it's and Judy much funnier. Judy keeps thinking like, oh well, he's done talking now. I can start talking, but no, he's not. <laughs> um, it's pretty good. Well, it's good because she's a rabbit. Like, and she's she's been shown yes. to be super twitchy and wanting to get yeah. like impatient. impatient all the time, right? So yeah, very good animal gags. Yeah, so I love. Um, so they get. The I love this. Run. The scene ends too because the lighting is somewhat deceptive, where you don't think it's been very long. <laughs> yeah, because they're indoors with all this like fluorescent lighting, no windows, and so she gets to the plate. They walk outside. Oops, <laughs> Just it's the night. Breaks off in the middle of her sentence. It's night. <laughs> yep. Um. So they track down the uh the car that this, these plates belong to this limo. Uh, they find it impounded, and uh, or no, is it impounded or is it's it just, just behind? Yeah, the no, gate? it's behind a gate. Like the, behind the, gate. the lot that it's a part of is just locked up for the night. Right. And Nick's like, ah, shit, uh, can't go in there without a warrant. Um, guess you gotta go back. Uh, guess we're we're done here. Uh, and and she like throws the the carrot uh, pin over the fence, so he goes to get it. Uh, he's like, all right, well, I'll, just, I'll just get this and be on my way. And she's already there on the other side saying, oh, well, I, 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 I don't need a warrant if I have probable cause. And I saw a real shifty guy climbing over that fence. I thought for the longest time that she had hopped over the fence. But on literally the last viewing where I was taking notes, I finally caught that she had dug under. So they're looking through this limo. They find polar bear fur, uh, the the. The velvety pipes uh, of Jerry Volt. I'm obsessed Vol. with this refrigerated and, car, you guys. And the back seat is covered in claw marks. Um, looks like some some crazy yeah, shit went on down there. And uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick has a realization <laughs> about all of this. Uh, limousine, Tundra Town, Polar Bear Fur, Rat Pack music. Oh no, we got to get out of here because <laughs> this car belongs to Mister uh. Big. <laughs> so they get out of the limo and are immediately accosted by a pair of huge polar bears in tracksuits. Uh they are uh taken to Mr. Big and Judy asks, Well why what did you do to get this guy on your bad side? Well, like why does he hate you so much? Um Nick gave him a skunk butt. They say rug. Skunk, <laughs> skunk butt rug so many times in this scene. Can I also point out, though, okay, so it's been established that by now mammals are, like, the dominant species, right? And they're sentient. So it's like, okay, so you skinned a skunk, a supposedly sapient skunk, and turned it into a rug? Honestly, no. I don't think so. And then sold it to somebody. I don't think so. Because he also mentions, I think, that he was was telling Mr. Big that it was a fancier rug. So I want to believe he knew a skunk and was like, hey, Bobby, shave your ass for me. I gotta scam the mo- I gotta scam the mob. Mr. Big is very small. Uh, that is the joke of it. So I assume a rug for him is a pretty small thing. So it's probably just like a tuft of butt fur. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I mean, it's big enough to wrap somebody, still, in, which we find out later. Yeah, but he says he hated it so yes. much, but he also buried his grandma in it. <laughs> what are you doing? So what did his grandma do? <laughs> yeah, he loves his grandma. 
Uh, I guess he brought it to bury her and it didn't know it was a skunk butt rug. Yeah, her cannoli. <laughs> so they get to Mr. Big's place. Uh, Judy keeps asking uh, the, the progressively larger polar bears, like, is that Mr. Big? No. Okay, that one's got to be Mr. Big. No. I love this scene. Uh, and then this huge polar bear puts Mr. Big out on the table. He's a vole. Uh, it is Maurice LaMarche doing a Marlon Brando uh, okay. impression. Eh. Uh, is Mr. Big. This, this is my like least favorite part of the movie, probably. Uh, I don't think that like, I don't think that the Marlon Brando thing was working for me. Yes. I, I the was, whole gangster thing doesn't work until later when you see them, and there's polar bears standing all around the wedding. I love that one. Okay, yeah. Yes. I've, oh, it's I've never so seen good. The Godfather, so the fact that they're doing the Marlon Brando impression basically just washed right over me. Didn't yeah. care on that. I mean, you guys called out Clawhauser for the stereotype of being funny gay, funny fat, but here this is funny italian that's uh but i mean i guess so it's different because it's from, like a godfather past i'm in jersey and when sopranos was on the air people were protesting from the community because of how badly the stereotype hurt them that so is like 100 percent fair i was made i was too focused on the size gags in the scene to notice anything oh the else. size gag's funny <laughs> I guess Little Rodentia is supposed to be like Little Italy. Yep, I guess. Uh, Definitely. By the, the name of it. I mean, it's so... that he's over all of Tundra Town, given that he's got polar bears and stuff working for him. Also that, yeah. Right, and Tundra Town it's looks like, like kind of like Russia almost. It's got like... Uh... Yeah, the polar bears are definitely supposed to be Russian with like the yeah. tracksuits and shit. Although I guess tracksuits are also an Italian mob yeah. thing. It's also easy in a cartoon to sort of like establish a character very quickly. That's true. Uh, right. By playing off of stereotypes, I guess. Right, like a visual cue. But this is a very particular Godfather pastiche uh, because they, they even yes. do on the day of my father, the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> yeah. um, so oh he's going to kill them. Uh, he's just going to drop them into a, a hole, freezing ice, and, and kill them. Uh, but Priscilla comes out of the it's last minute and recognizes by the way. Judy. Her name what? is Fru-Fru. Fru-Fru? I love Fru-Fru. that! Very yeah, funny. it is. So Fru-Fru comes out, uh, recognizes Judy as, as the one who saved her from that donut, and, and Mr. Big is like, oh, well, in that case, <laughs> we're all fine, then. It's all fine. <laughs> uh, Nick's like, what the fuck? Like to come to the out, wedding? Judy's like, love your dress. Aw, thanks. Yes. Thanks. I have to look on Nick's face the entire um, time, though. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yes, like, I wonder what is going on. <laughs> Uh, so they, they get invited to the wedding. Uh, Nick takes a very dainty bite of a very small piece the of cake. It's <laughs> the best. His reaction um, to it is like, oh, this is good. Uh, so this is where we, we cut away from the like zoomed-in wedding with all of the shrews. And we see it's just a very small table surrounded by polar bears. Just sort of looking on. I know. Pretty good. Uh, but they give they give her... She, Mr. Briggs is like, I don't know what happened to Emmett, but... Uh, the my driver might know Manchus. He got messed up pretty bad by that guy. Uh, he just went like crazy. So they go to the the rainforest area to look for this guy who's a jaguar. Um, he is uh he's behind this locked door. He's yeah. one of his eyes was scratched out by Otterton, and he is he is not looking to uh, talk to anybody he's he's pretty spooked by the whole thing he's talking about the night howlers um but but judy gets him to to open up like listen i would we'll, we'll we'll keep you safe you just talk to us about whatever happened we're just trying to find him uh so he goes to unlock the door uh but uh 
yeah. doesn't come out. So Nick and Nick and Judy go in and they find that he has, has seemingly gone feral and is trying to kill them now. Yeah, the the chase and fight scene's pretty good. Uh it's this new environment is amazing, the rainforest environment. They do such a good job with like the environments in general, but especially here. Yeah. It's got vine vine bridges and uh there's like it looks like it's part of a tree, but it's also like they built artificial trees yeah. as well. The canopy makes it like permanently so, nighttime, which just makes this whole scene like yes. basically it's like midday, but you still get a dramatic nighttime scene. So they're running through, um, and uh, they they're they're being chased by this guy. They end up managing to handcuff him to a pole and escape, so they can call for backup, or so their backup can arrive. Uh, so everyone's here. Judy's going to show Bogo the Berserk Jaguar, but he has escaped, seemingly. And Bogo's like, fucking give me your badge. Stop making shit up about Berserk Predators or oh, whatever. Oh, this is... Um, the, he makes a comment. Yes, he makes a comment. Like, I, I bet any mildly aggressive Predator looks savage to oh, you. Oh, no, huh? wait. Before this, though, is where the um, Gazelle app thing pays off. <laughs> because, yes. because Bogo has uh, also got it. Bogo is using it. Yeah, you're a great dancer, Chief Bogo. And when um, I just and when he when Clawhauser comes in, he just slams it on his desk. Like I'm not doing anything, but they do. But he knows. I, favorite, wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite things in movies or shows is where like random audio from another thing will work in the conversation because. Clawhauser tells him that Judy, like, figured it out or whatever, and you just get Gazelle go, wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, this is, I wrote a scene down, or a line down from Nick's uh, monologue here, where he comes in to defend Judy. Uh, you gave her uh, a clown vest and a three-wheeled joke-mobile. I love that, that line. Uh. The way he delivers that is so fucking funny. Um... Jason Bateman is doing great in this movie. I love Nick uh, for most of it. Like, it's just, that's a great line. But ba- ba- basically, he convinces Bogo to give her an extension. Um, and they, they go off in search of, of more evidence. And this so. is where we get Nick's backstory. And I'm crying. Oh, Which those boy. kids are little dicks. I'm just saying no, right now. No, no. Yes. Buff the zebra kid oh, yes. especially. They're monstrous. So this whole muzzle thing is uh, is pretty loaded, a I bit. would say, on purpose, of course. But still, so so Nick gets emotionally vulnerable and tells his backstory about he was uh, going to be as part of these junior scouts or whatever, uh, and and these kids, uh, the only predator in the the troop, they. Uh, put a muzzle on him and, 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 and say a bunch of mean shit to him and, and he as runs away. As he's coming uh, into the room, the little zebra kid in the in the troop high fives him like, yeah, man, this is going to be fun. And then, yeah. like, they're they're all assholes, but fuck you especially. I mean, her, his mom so saved what? and scrimped to get him that uniform that. too. Like, yeah. all he wanted to do was be, like, good. Yes! That was the mom. I'd so be throwing he, hands with the other moms. It did well, she's already or been... just eat them, so... just freaking eat them. She's, well, she's already been broken by the system. Is the thing probably? And this is where this is where the system finally breaks Nick because, like, I forget the exact wording, but he basically says, "If all they were ever going to see was a shifty fox, then why bother trying?" And like, 
for all, and that's what I was going to be. For all the things in race relations that this movie gets wrong, that is one thing that happens. Right, like, hang out, let me, hang, give me a second, I'm going to find the quote just because that, let me see what's in here, because that was, like, a really, like, that much, yeah. Let me see, oh, let me see, find it, find it, find it. Oh, tell me they're not going to have it. Fine. Oh, yeah, but anyway, it was something like a, it was, yeah, like a slash 50 fox is all they were going to see, then that's what I was going to be, or something like that. Yeah, the, the cynicism of it is pretty accurate, I guess. I understand Nick here. Um, so he realizes uh, after this, like, sort of emotional vulnerability, Judy is, is thanking him for opening up. Um, but he realizes, wait, traffic cams, like, they're all over the canopy. We can see what happened to Man- Manchas. Um, and Judy says, well, I have a friend at City Hall who can help us with that. So we see Lionheart being a big blowhard. And kind of, kind of treating uh, Bellwether around like a like a secretary, which is assistant mayor anything more than super secretary? Know. Like, let's I be don't real know what here. A deputy mayor what is does. assistant mayor? Whenever you add the well, word assistant mayor. to anything, yeah, like vice assistant, they don't do anything. They're just there as a like stepping stone on the bureaucratic yeah. ladder. Um, or they do everything, like, yeah, or they do everything, well, and the other guy just smiles and takes the credit. That's also a possibility. Which does seem to be the case here. It seems to be the case here. Yeah, Lionheart's just a big blowhard, um, and and Bellwether has an office in the fucking yeah. basement with like a water heater. Um, so this is <laughs> this is where. This is where Nick gets a little weird. Oh. Where he starts like oh touching the wolves. Like sheep never let me get this close. Oh, like, really quick, something. Sorry, I just remembered this. But uh, rewinding back a little bit, when we see you know line, uh, Bellwether following Lionheart, she's like trying to balance all those binders, and she winds up almost running into the mouse. The mouse flips her off. <gasps> no, that's very. It funny. literally, if you look, the mouse literally gives her the finger when she almost steps on him. That's Excellent. incredible. I love that shit. It's awesome. So they are, uh, they're looking through the, the traffic cam footage and they see a van pull up. Some timber wolves get out and next like, Oh fucking hell. These guys. All right. Yeah. Watch. They're probably going to howl. And then they do howl very, I, I yeah. like that a lot. <laughs> um, so these guys, I guess they're like, mer- like a I PMC. Guess. I assume that Lionheart. Hired. No, all very strange. Who are these guys? So, I don't know, but they assumed that these are the night howlers that Manchas was afraid of. So, uh, they, they kind of track the van and they see it pull off onto a side road towards this abandoned hospital. So, uh, they're, they're, they do some Metal Gear Solid stealth action. <laughs> uh, Judy tricks the Timberwolves into going into a howl. <laughs> Which is awesome. um, the one guy just being like, no, dude, you're going to start a howl. Um, I have to tell you, I saw it in the theater, and the little kids howled with them. Oh, excellent! That's cute. So, uh, so they sneak past while the the wolves are indulging in their howling, uh, and they they sneak around this facility. They see all of the missing mammals have been locked uh, in these like yeah. cells, including Mr. Otterton. Yes, and they find Mr. Otterton. All of them are completely feral. Um, I'm using that word because I don't really like the other word that they're using for all these guys. Uh, it's a little bit loaded. So they see Lionheart talking to a scientist. He's like, "I have you figured out why these guys are going like insane? I need 
we can't i cannot be you know i i, I gotta fix this, this dude is super quick um, to just and be like well you know it looks like it is only predators maybe it's time to consider biology yeah i don't like that and this movie has a weird like through line of biological essentialism running through it which makes sense when you're talking about predators and prey but as soon as you apply a racial allegory to that get to that it gets away it gets way more fraught um which is my big problem with it so but regardless lionheart has been keeping all these guys here to try and figure out a cure um which like, like with what we eventually they, find out what it is would it not just metabolize and work its way out of their systems and they eventually come down? Yeah, I've got a kind of a... Not to get too cinema sensey, but I have a little bit of a problem with the, the like, the reveal yeah. of this movie so um, and what is causing as this. As far as, Stephen, though, as far as what you said about, you know, it going out of their system, though, if you look at it, that could still be way against them. It's like, well, you did it once, what's to say you won't do it again? True. I mean, yeah. Oh, but so- they, they don't need... Yeah, exactly. They don't need it to actually make them feral forever, either. Uh, because all they need to do is is just get enough examples of predators going crazy, and then Bellwether can enact but, her final goal of but the, having them call her. The thing is, yeah, but the thing is that like none of them are like it doesn't wear yeah. off. This has been going well, on for a while, seemingly. Right. Yeah, they haven't. Yeah, because that's my thing. It's like societally, with, like, societally speaking. Fuck, that's hard to say. Y'all are right. Like it would just take them doing it a few or enough of them doing it a, once or twice, and the whole plan would work. But like, it's been a couple of weeks, and they're like clearly still feral. Is what bugged me about it. I mean, it's a movie. Don't read too far into it. Blah blah blah. But like, so this is. I guess this is a good time to really tackle the allegory because this is where it starts becoming uh-huh. the core of the movie more than it was before. So this movie falls into the trap that a lot of fantasy allegories regarding oppression and and racism. Uh, So let's take the, the X-Men, the mutants as, as an example here, right? The X-Men are a much more broad metaphor. They basically fill in for like a lot of oppressed groups. They fill, they filled in for like racial minorities, Mm -hmm. LGBT people, like all, all sorts of stuff. That's very broad. But the main through line is that like people are afraid of them because they have powers, right? And that can be you can you can tackle that in a lot of different ways. And it's even like it, there are points in some X Men comics where it's shown that like yeah, not every mutant gets fucking weather powers or whatever. Some guys have a beak, and that's it. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know X Men was my hero academia. Um, some dudes just get shitty, shitty mutations and aren't superheroes. So, like, and the X-Men have been going on for a very long time and have fallen into plenty of traps over the years, um, sometimes related to the metaphors, sometimes completely unrelated, uh, such as the time that Jean Grey outed <gasps> Iceman in front of oh, everyone no. uh, by reading his mind. Yeah, that was a thing a while back. It was pretty awkward. It was, it was shown as, like, a good thing, too, which was... Mm. Cool. But regardless, my main problem with this allegory is that the prejudice is all centered around the, the fear of the, the past, like, predator-prey dynamics. Which means that they do actually have a reason to be afraid. Because that stuff was true. Yeah, they established true. at the beginning of the movie and come back a lot is that 
it did literally used to be the way things were, is that predators would hunt down prey animals. Until at some point in the past, like, they became anthro enough to not. And that's just not how shit is. Like, a lot of... There, there, there usually is no real reason for people to hold these beliefs. Or, like, the fears that they have are completely unfounded and, and, and like, bolstered by huge bullshit pseudoscience and fear-mongering. Which, like, I wish this movie leaned more into with the fact that, like, oh, yeah, the Night Howler don't, doesn't only affect predators. Anyone can go crazy. But they don't. I would like a scene where maybe one of the sheeps gets injected and yeah, goes crazy or whatever. They talk about that. I don't want that at all. Well, I mean... Like... Like, the fact that you have this thing, this juice that makes you go apeshit. I mean, the um, point is that Bellwether's plan is to prey off of the the prejudices that they're, that people already have. Sort of like Zootopia is supposed to be this thing where you can be anything and you can be anyone. You can have any job. You don't necessarily have to align with your biological impulse to be a predator who's savage, as you were saying. Um, I'm sorry. I used the word feral. I used the S word. Sorry, but <laughs> it's, it, it's like that. That word, though, and in, in in correlation with like the fact that predators are clearly supposed to be like th- here. The weird thing is that it's very unclear who the actual oppressed people are supposed to be, because predators are the minority, but they seem to hold a lot of power. But people are afraid of them. But they wield systematic power over them. It is a powder like, keg, though, don't you think? Yeah, a little. Like. It is a powder keg. Like, that much is true. Uh, Judy, like, basically God, ruins everything in the future does not handle scene. this delicately. Um, so, but, like, my point is that the metaphor gets muddied, and in, in doing so, it, it re- kind of fails to understand the prejudice it's trying to grapple with. And it ends up making this really weird, like... I don't know. I can't, yeah, dis- I can't disagree with that, but at the one. same time, it's about animals, and this is their specific issue that they're going through. I know, I know that it's. But I know that there's an allegory for racism very, there. Yeah, it is very specifically racial. But it can't be one to one. If it was, it is kind like, of one to one though. Like, no, you're right. It can't be. But it they made yeah, it too it, specific. It can't be one to one, but they try to make it one to one, which is very like doesn't work. It, there are too many scenes where it is very specifically like racial microaggressions, racial profiling, like the, all the, this stuff. Um, where it's like, bowl. oh, this is the, the the like yeah, and the the cute the cute comment that Klauhauser makes. Like, so my opinion of that is that they're using language and history that we recognize in order to tell a story about these animals, so that we come to the same kind of conclusion that we would in a story about racism. And I think we'll get to that when we talk about the ending. But because I, because the ending isn't neat, I think that they somehow still managed to land the plane, if that's, if that's not saying too much. Is too, uh, that's the thing. I think the ending is too neat. I don't think it really got to the heart. Like, it's all still on the onus of, like, individuals. There's not enough focus on any systematic stuff. Like... And that's where the heart of all of this stuff truly lies. That is true. Yeah. I'm not going to argue um, it, that. It is, it is glancing and gesturing at real-world allegory and, and taking a lot of stuff from that without really understanding any of the intricacies of it. And yeah, obviously a lot of it will be 
sort of whittled down and sanded off because it's a kids movie, but also it's, I think you can give the audience more credit and also give the world you're building yeah. more credit. I don't like, know if they're showing this cynic- to cops to train them with tolerance. God, I'm not sure okay, that we, yeah. we should go too much uh, more complex with the... <laughs> well, that's more of an indictment of the police than of this movie, really. Have you ever, seen, um, have you ever heard of the game Detroit Become Human? It does something oh, very God, similar. Don't start on it does something very Ooh, similar. I've heard mixed um, reviews. Oh, man. Uh, I have heard... I would not use the word mixed for those reviews. That game is bad. That game's even worse in, in terms of it's like, because the director said, oh, well, it's not about racism. I'm just using all of these civil rights images and, and metaphors as like, sir, for fun. And it's like, no, you, you made a game about robot racism using a lot of loaded imagery and you can't just try to avoid it this this movie does better than detroit become human that's not a huge bar to clear but it certainly does better than detroit become human yeah and i think what's the same is in both cases what i'm saying is that in order to in order to make you feel those specific uh in order to create those correlations between what we know of our past and what we know about racism and everything uh they apply it to in this case, a story of animals, and in that case, a story of robots, because they are still robots, and these are still animals. And so the one-to-one doesn't work for me. But at the same time, I think Detroit is clunkier about how it does it. But I can't deny that the emotions at certain points in the story are heightened by what I perceive as sort of like the real-world events that inspired them. We should get into the third act of the film because this is where things <laughs> the, start to sort of spiral out yes. of control. We have, so we've got a question. They they, they break it, it so. wide open. <laughs> we break it. They the, Nick and Judy break the case wide open. Uh, Lionheart gets arrested, which um, is he should be. Bellwether, it, yeah, he was holding people in a like secret facility <laughs> unlawfully against their um, will. He said. Yeah, he says later, wrong thing for right reasons. Maybe so. Um, And, like... The classic scenario, as he puts it. (laughs) Yes, the the classic scenario. So, Judy is going to give a press conference on the the findings of all of this stuff. And she says some black shit. She, I mean... This she is puts her big like, foot square in that mouth. This is a situation where if you're it the cop is, involved and you're the person giving the press conference, it is admittedly very easy to screw it up. But oh my god. She just keeps going. She just like she puts her foot in her mouth, she like takes that she stumbles down that first stair and then just keeps falling down those stairs. That's a big ass foot, too. And <laughs> it's a big foot. And she just basically almost single-handedly turns Zootopia into a racial powder keg. This Bellwether's plan works more than she ever would have imagined because Judy Hopps yeah. is a huge idiot who just... And Nick is very, very betrayed. Which he... Like, yeah, he should he be. Is, I, he should be. She said some fucking rants and shit, and she's like... He's like, is that yeah, what you really she, think? Okay, like, we should... She basically... The... In fairness, I guess... Eh, Handing it to her a little, she gets pretty quickly overwhelmed by all of the reporters asking all the all their questions at once because yeah, they're they're asking yeah, some. Yeah, this is the first questions. time she's ever been on camera like this. Yada yada yada. 
she comes out and says, mind you, the this whole situation just happened. No one has officially started trying to study any of these people or anything yet. She just comes... Yeah, no one yeah, knows also what that, happened. Nobody knows what and happened. She is... she, least of all her. She just comes right out and says, maybe we need to consider their biology because thousands of years ago, predators used to eat prey and it seems like maybe they're starting to revert back to that. And holy That was shit. a talking point she got from somewhere, right? That was, um... I know the, the scientist guy that was talking to Lionheart said something similar. The honey badger. That. Yes. The doctor honey badger. Which a honey badger is an interesting animal to put in this uh, movie because those motherfuckers... They... It's hard to find a line between predator and prey. I guess technically they aren't predators, but they're pretty fucking... I think badgers are considered predators because they, they're on divorce. I guess? Yeah. The honey badger was a major part of one of the original versions of this movie. It was Nick's like uh, best friend. Oh, yeah! But I think that's, yeah, and I think that's going to come up in one of the questions, too. Yeah, one of the questions asked question. about that. Yeah, I'm, I think it would probably it's probably wise to to slim down on the dynamics between Judy and Nick, so it's just them. Um, and so, yeah, Nick storms off. Judy was like, "Hey, you should become a cop," which I guess okay. Uh, I don't really know why. Do you want? All right, sure. I guess um, because he wants to be like the junior scout thing. And now it's like yeah, but those aren't. Well, she wants her fuck it's buddy like, here. Yeah, she. <laughs> I she guess that must be the only option. Nearby, and she wants an, a partner who will be officially like close to her size, or probably like yes, the two. Main I guess things. that's true. Any other partner would be very large. Um, but you know, he he storms off, and uh, she is kind of thrust into this role of like, oh, you're the face of of the ZPD, as every as like. Shit's falling apart, like, people are we, fucking, uh, it's bad. Get, and what makes it worse is, um, Gazelle, who so far has basically just been kind of a background element, actually becomes a character now, because we get basically the racism montage set under, like, a speech from Gazelle basically talking about, this isn't the Zootopia I know, we're better than this, all of that jazz, as, like, we're seeing scenes of, like, a tiger dude getting onto the subway and like the rabbit woman next to him just scooting herself and her child further away and like people getting into fights like at her speech i think it was just a whole bunch of shit like the whole go back to the it's like go back to the jungle and she's like i'm from the savannah oh that line is so fucking bad like come on you can do better than that you can you fucking you're screenwriters. You get paid for this. Is that Evidently, the best you yes. can do? Uh, this oh, this Clawhauser Clawhauser so, gets I mean, moved to the basement. Fuck yeah, he does. Some people really are that racist. So, which he, that was weird because like, oh, is he getting fired? No, he's just getting moved to like the mail. Well, it's to yeah. show that he's no longer uh, uh, acceptable as the front face. facing. Yeah. yeah. But like the thing about it is, everyone already seemed to not really like him. Is the weird like this is what I mean about Clawhauser? It's like he's kind of a mean spirited character in that most people are just kind of annoyed yeah, by him, seemingly. Like, there's no scenes of, of like the all of the officers, like, oh, hey, Clawhauser, how's it going? You, you're, a, you're, a, you're a cool guy. He just seems to be a nuisance. He's like, he's presented as like bubbly to the point that like people sort of just walk around him anyway. 
I mean, I've yeah, worked like, at places where there's been like someone at the front of the at the of the business that's exactly like that, and everyone fair. just sort of like tolerates them. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, because they're like, good at their is, job. That is very different. Yeah, but Clawhauser even isn't even really that good at his job. Like, I would like it better if Clawhauser was like a beloved fixture of of the ZPD, and like people really liked him. But he's just like. I think it would have had more of an impact if, like you said, like if they had showed that he was more. Yeah. Yeah, it would have had way more of an impact if people stopped talking to him and like were avoiding him when before they were they were chatting him up and like hanging out with him. But uh, like he was always really kind of set apart from everyone else um, and, and kind of in his own little bubble. So he's getting moved to the basement. They want Judy to take over as the like the the face of this new campaign. Uh, Judy is sad about being <laughs> racist. Um, so she moves back to Bunnyboro to be a carrot farmer. The end. Yes. <laughs> God, could you imagine? I wish. That'd be very fun. That'd be a more like realistic. Like that would be. That's the cynical version of this movie, right? That's the that's the black and white version of like she fucked up and, and can't live with it and decides to like run instead of taking responsibility. But we still got yeah, the rest I of guess. the third act. So she's back home. Um, oh, a random little bit that's in here that apparently popped up earlier in the movie, but I missed it. Um, just a quick little gag. If you look at the papers that she's wrapping up carrots in, there is an ad that apparently shows like a mother and father rabbit with a bunch of kids. And the ad is basically, have you considered it's time to get yourself fixed? <gasps> That's incredible. There, there is a there, there's a funny gag when she's moving out of Bunnyboro. The population counters were just rapidly. Yeah, no, I love if you um, if you watch, Bunny's, it takes down as she drives out, and then just immediately keeps going. And then immediately, it's uh, bunnies be fucking. She makes a joke about rabbits knowing how to multiply earlier. They actually like conceived Boy. the whole Bunnyboro like. Uh, like infrastructure and the houses are these giant like communes with like a rotating dining room where like they they randomly have groups of people come in groups of rabbits come in and eat and then children come and clear away the dishes for the next group excellent so this is where she's she's sad because she's (laughs) racist um her parents like oh you weren't cut out for that work anyway and besides we got uh Gideon's our buddy now. We don't like we don't hate foxes anymore because we well, met a good they, one. Still kind they of indicate flawed. that it's because Judy opened their eyes to like yes, yeah, I like foxes. That. But she's been gone from home for what, like a a week at the most. Yeah, it's not been that long. Um, so it's yeah, a bit of a quick was... turnaround. I do like Gideon here saying, "Listen, I was a huge dick when I was a kid. I had a lot of like self doubt and aggression. It came out. I'm sorry." Well, the way he words things, I'm 100% certain he is supposed to have gone to therapy in the years since then. And you know what? Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a nice scene. Uh, but we quickly realize, he, he mentions, like, uh, that's what you call him. I call him Night Howlers. Uh, and we get the clues, like, one of Judy's uncles ate one of those and, like, went crazy and bit her mom. Uh, and she realizes this must be the, the secret sauce that's, that's making racism happen. <laughs> it's the racism um, flower. <laughs> So, so she like sprints back to Zootopia. She gets the the truck, uh, and she's looking for Nick. Uh, we see Finnick uh, with the, the the baseball bat in the back of his airbrushed yeah. wizard van. Did not catch that till um, now. I love his van. His van is great. So, she goes to find Nick, who is like 
Uh, just just chilling under a bridge somewhere, just just relaxing. Just yeah, like okay. Life. She's tearfully apologizing. I would not have forgiven her that quickly, to be perfectly honest. After some of the shit she said, but yeah, we got to have a movie. Uh, Nick forgives her. They're they're going off to to solve the case. Uh, they like uh, they, that's right. So they they first they're going to figure out. So the, the weasel apparently those weren't just moldy onions. Those were night howlers that he was stealing from that store. Um, so they go to find him. Yes. He's Duke Weaselton, and he is indeed a reference to oh, the guy from Frozen, Duke voiced, Wesselton. Yes. Also voiced by the same guy, Alan Tudyk. Um, and he even has a joke where he, they call him Wesselton, and he meets yeah. them as Weaselton. <laughs> Alan Tudyk is a gift to um, humanity, y'all. So he is a, like, DVD bootlegger. So here are the here are the the movies oh, he God. has on offer for us. So we've got Pig Hero Six, <laughs> yeah. Wrangled, Wreck It Rhino, Floats and Two. That yeah, one's that tortured. One. Cool. That one's the most tortured one, and thus it is. I my love favorite. that like the spin on it uh, is still Mia- just a reindeer, but now he's an anthro reindeer. Right. Miawana, another I very tortured Miawana. one, and then the. The last one is Giraffic, which is based off of the canceled Jack and the Beanstalk movie. Yeah, gigantic. Oh. I love that. That movie no longer. I know. I exists. love that as an Easter egg because, like, at the time it came out, it was still greenlit. I think. Yes, it was still in production, but they canceled it. Uh, so this is the this is the and that that's the one where it's like I I, I got movies that aren't even out yet. Um, and so this so he's he's like kind of tight lips. Like I'm not gonna tell you shit. Um, which, considering the things she said, yeah. I would understand his his hesitance. So she uses her mob connections <laughs> to uh, threaten him with his uh, execution. Hey, Judy. Hey, you she's can't not a do cop this. anymore. It's fine. Yeah, fucked up. She, civilian like, breaking the law. F- fucked up, Judy. Oh, we do get um, the conclusion of the the plot line between her and Fru Fru here. Yes, she's already pregnant. She, uh, Judy is her her, t- her child's godmother. Um, she even says, I'm gonna name it Judy! And Judy's just like, oh! Aww. Uh, so they get the information that... I mean, that is a pretty handy end to have, though. Was, yes, it is, it's a very handy end to have for a corrupt cop, uh, Judy. Um, so we... The hero of this movie is a is a cop who who uses mob connections to roast <laughs> perks. At that time, she was no longer a cop. She See? already resigned. And in fairness, if I had mob connections, I would also probably would abuse it too. Every single one of us would so. Listen, use them. Yeah. every one of us would use them. Come on, I I get it. I get it. I she's get trying it. to stop racism. Funny. Okay, <laughs> she's trying to. I'll mind if I stop racism. So. <laughs> They, uh, the weasel tells them, one, well, the <laughs> yeah, step one before the mob. So the weasel tells them like, well, I sold it to this dude named Doug uh, and he's a real piece of work. So they track him down to this uh, lab in an abandoned train car. This is our big like Breaking Bad reference, uh, including the the two guys, uh, Walter and Jesse. Oh, also another fun fact about Doug. If you guys remember back to the press conference when Judy totally bungles it up, uh, the sheep that at, that specifies, are you saying that predators are biologically 
you know, predisposed, it's confirmed that was Doug. Uh, like he was there as a plant? This movie's really anti-sheep. Yeah, so Doug was like shit-stirring on purpose. Okay. Yeah, they don't even show where the sheep really live. It's called the Meadowlands. Like, this movie's really anti-sheep. All the villains are they sheep. Really are. They all, um, so, except for like so, Bellwether and one other dude, they also look all the fucking same. They're all the other, all like rams. Um, so... Well, yeah, only, yeah, Bellwether's the only they, sheep that doesn't have the creepy, although realistic, sheep up. I love those sheep they're eyes. Creepy. So that's why I love them. Uh, they're they're spying on Doug. They they see him distilling the night howlers into this uh, this pellet, which I guess is the the like it's concentrated so it doesn't run out as fast. But also the fact that it's pellets doesn't yeah, make much sense people, at all. If like, he was like waiting until people opened their mouth and then like shooting it down their throat somehow, you sure? Yeah, or, like or it if was it was a dart, dart, but he's just shooting people in the neck with a paintball. I mean, we show, though, that it's meant yeah, to be absorbed quickly. I don't know how they would do that, especially going through fur. But... Yeah. Yeah. And not it's... leaving a trace, because so far, obviously, they never saw a trace of anything on any of the animals that they found. Yeah, and that, here's the thing about that, right? Here's another problem I have with the fact that this is what's the, the cause of it. So these are, like, a known quantity, including their side effects on people. Like, did no one think, hey, there's an onion that makes people go crazy. Should we investigate that connection? Should we maybe look into that? It, is, it seems like it's almost farm wisdom, but it seems like... A, I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> they, were being, they were being sold in, like, produce stores, is the thing about it. It's very odd. Um, and, like, you have to force it to, like, get the, the, the plot rolling, to get the mystery solved. But it's, it's, just, a, it's just a bit of a, a cop-out, I think. Cop-out. Ha. So they, uh, so, so Doug, his latte is here. Um, so he's going to go out to get the latte. We also get a flashback. Yes. We also get the flashback showing that Doug is the guy who, who shot all of the, the he's a really good shot. Um, he even said, he even says like, I can shoot a fucking cheetah. I shot an otter in the, through the window of a moving car. I can shoot a fucking cheetah. I don't care how fast they are. Well, the fact that he shot a black Um, panther through a window at night in a dark room he's a good Evidently. shot like he i mean f- powerfully skilled assassin. I applaud you, you um <laughs> so he he's he's not fat he's just he's fluffy fat. so he is uh he's going out uh nick and judy come in and they are going to like judy for some reason thinks they need the whole thing yeah, as I evidence know. i mean i can kind of get the lab i, I mean, think I you want to get the lab you you need the yeah. You, need, you want to get the lab. I think you just this need yeah. Nick the just gun, grabs the gun and the sample, and then you and take it to, enough. Yeah, you, you right. take the gun, and then you and then you take it to Bogo and say we know where the lab is, and then they find the Unless lab. Unless the sheep get the lab to move because that's what we're about to see. Well, yeah, but then you just start yes. monitoring like so, but like they wouldn't know. Can only go so far. Yeah, like and also they don't know that they've been infiltrated at this point. So like. It's it's just a, but we need a we need a fun train set piece with these sheep trying Which, to murder to Nick fair, and Judy. It's, fine. Um, <laughs> it's pretty fun. So they 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 ride the rails fighting off these sheep. Uh, the lab crashes and explodes, and uh, they're like, "Well, shit! There goes all our evidence." But Nick says, "Yeah, but guess what? I got the suitcase." Yeah, yeah, Judy. The bit that I told you so was all we needed before. Guess what I saved. <laughs> It's, well, it's, it's really all we need now. Um, so they're going to cut through the Museum of Natural History uh, on their way to, to, to the police station. 
Um, and this is where they find Bellwether, and where her her, her like b- grand plan to start a race war is revealed. Um, hey, does she have sheep secret police? Evidently, she has like a squad of police that work directly for her. She's got her little goons, her bodyguards. Um, and they are are going to to find Judy and and Nick and and get them. And Bellwether is talking to Judy the whole time. It's like. We outnumber them nine to one. Why should we cower in fear when we can just control them? And it's like, I don't, there's not enough, like, it doesn't, like, her being treated like, like, Lionheart is an asshole, but he's kind of a singular asshole. It's not really conveyed that this is, like, how the dynamics yeah. always go. Because also we see the voles in positions of leadership over these huge fuck off polar bears. Like clearly this is not always how power dynamics work in this world. And it's just this one singular, like uh, example we have a, 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 in our, in our back pockets. And I guess also like Judy's treatment at the police station, but that's way more size than right. anything. Like all of the, all of the, all of the cops seem to be mostly herbivores. Like there's a bunch of hippo. Well, hippos aren't, Necessary. I think there are, are hippos carnivores. I always want to say they're carnivores because I swear I've heard stories about how hippos will fuck you up. No, they I definitely think kill like, people. They can, like they can kill people because they're extremely territorial, but I think they're more omnivores. Okay. They may even be herbivores. I don't know. I know that usually, usually, you know, obviously not excluding going rogue, but if they attack and kill humans, it's because they are extremely territorial. Yeah, they're don't fuck right. with the hippo. They're very big no, and very angry. I will say um, that just parting from the story bit, just during this whole scene, uh, Jenny Slade, who is Bellwether's voice it. actress, I just let me say that voice acting right now, like how she goes for being all sweet and cute during the movie, and how she sounds downright, downright creepy during the scene. Like she seriously she sounds like she's job. about two seconds away from just completely snapping. It's a good thing that she's a sheep because she is chewing up the scenery. <laughs> oh yeah jenny slate does a great job so throughout this whole third act uh nick has been snacking on blueberries <laughs> that were in the truck just every um, now and then. Oh. yeah we show we show it a few times this is important because uh bellwether ha- shoots nick with the uh the the dart gun it's not a dart gun, gun shoots him with the pellet gun um and it's like well uh, too bad that the officer Judy Hopps was mauled to death by her fox friend, and, and Nick is like acting like he has gone berserk. Uh, but it was all a ruse. He swapped the ammo out for the blueberries. They recorded her voice on the uh, on the on the. It's pen called the hustle, sweetheart. And Boom. call the hustle. We get a throwback to so, Judy's terrible death acting from when she was a kid. Blood, blood, blood. Yes, we get we we get the. I am constantly doing that. No, by the I, way, I'm constantly doing the like not, blood, blood, blood. I wish yeah. I wish she still had the yes. ketchup though, because that's the best part of that that pageant scene where she just Andy's like an entire bottle of sprays all of the ketchup. And just the other yeah. kids like staring um, on, like okay. horrified. Yeah, so they 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 catch Bellwether red-handed. The cops show up uh, to arrest them. And it's all, it's all wrapped up in a neat little bow, despite the fact that Judy says it's not all that neat. But it mm. seems like a fairly neat little bow. Um, Nick is a cop now, mm. I guess. Uh, he's Judy's partner. We um, finally, in this scene, get something I've on... been hoping would happen throughout the entire movie, which is when uh, Bogo is ha- giving out assignments. He tells like three of them they're going undercover, and the wolf 
zips up a sheep costume. Yep. <laughs> sheep costume. That's a good... I love that joke. Yeah. That's fucking great. Yeah. So... Uh, at first, he's like, in, uh, officers wild and hops. You're on parking duty. Ah, just kidding. Uh, we, we, there's a street racer tearing up the roads. Um, we need you uh, to, 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 to get them under control. So they have their own squad car. Um, Nick makes a women driver's <laughs> joke. Um, and they find the street racer. And it turns <laughs> I love out his reaction. He's just like, Nick. No. No, I will say to be fair, at the beginning, Nick did say Flash was one of the fastest animals he knew. He just didn't specify how. True. That's true. And it would make sense if you moved that slowly (laughs) that if you had a chance to go really fast. And apparently, like actual Rito slots can move fast when they want to. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to give them a car. Right. That's credits. We get our we get our dance party ending. Um. With over over, uh, try everything. Even that's a payoff that's though, because you get Bogo and Clawhauser yeah! dancing. Yes, Bogo and Clawhauser dancing. Um, all I guess it's pretty. It's a pretty all right dance party ending, and uh, that's it. That's Zootopia. It truly was Zootopia. Zootopia is a land of contrasts. <laughs> uh, I think it is an all right movie to put on and watch. I think it really does fall apart in the third act, um, but the second act is a lot of fun. There's some great set pieces and some great gags. Some top tier. I gags. would not. It would not be my first choice to watch, but if someone else had it on, I was like, ah, sure, I'll sit down and watch Zootopia. It's funny animals. City looks good. I just won't listen to it. I'll turn turn my brain off. Ooh, ooh. Can I talk about the other the other Zootopia thing now? No, forbidden. <laughs> yes, you can talk about the Zootopia abortion <laughs> comic. And it's yeah. What? So, <laughs> In case you missed Wait, it, Sabrina, right. have you not heard a this? A few years ago, a few years ago. No, oh, this is oh, this is going to be great. What is it? Oh, all right. Oh, so dear. around this, uh, like I, I think I like what? Hang 26? on, hang on, pause, like hang on, pause. Um, let us all take just one moment to give Sabrina one last moment in this world where she can live in a state of not knowing about this. Oh yeah, we're about to wreck it. Okay, continue. We're gonna wreck it, Ralph. Go ahead, right, wreck it, so, Rhino. So 2016. Around 2016, uh, there was a, a a comic going around Tumblr from DeviantArt. Someone found this on DeviantArt. It's this very well drawn, uh, like Zootopia fan comic about. Um, well, uh, it's about cat. Uh, what's it about? Oh, I don't want to oh, say I'll it. Do this. I think this is hilarious. Okay, so this person has Nick and Judy in a relationship. Uh, not married, not married, just dating, in a relationship, and Judy finds out that she's pregnant from Nick. Uh, however, the story goes on to say that Judy does not want this child. She is, wants to focus on her career. She's concerned about also the health implications of a fox and rabbit. She wants to get an abortion. And Nick flips uh, his shit. <laughs> it, so basically, yeah. it's, it's supposed it's, to be... It's lost the comic at that oh point. Oh my god! Oh no! It's much. It's much worse than oh, loss. Yeah. No, it's, it's like Nick. Nick is. It's like you yeah, want to Nick... talk about being ham-handed, like during the act. This one is like, oh, oh my god! Nick is like, you know, give the child a chance, like, like to a be like you. Movie. You know, the baby. You know, you said Zootopia is like land of chance, and this baby's never gonna have a chance. And he's, you know, keep calling. You know, think about my child inside you, and Judy's doing you know, the whole. It's my body. It's my choice. You know, the health reasons, my career, and he calls it premeditated sin. 
Yep. Yep. Even though this you know, is interesting before marriage, and we it, this is interesting because Zootopia never tackles this subject at all. There's um, no indication of in, of interspe- interspecies nope. relations. I don't know. I don't know if they need to. That's a whole other can of worms that they were no, afraid there to open. I mean, probably. Um, I told you I did a podcast and we covered the series B Stars, which is sort of uh, sort uh, of yes. similar no to Zootopia. All about that. No Zootopia. Beastars is an I like Beastars because I, I feel I think Beastars is a much like better use of the predator prey to explore social dynamics because it is more broad and more specific to we, like we that got... setting. Okay, yeah, one of our one of our Twitter out. questions is, is about uh, comparing them. Beastars, I think Beastars is pretty all right. That that's said, a, that's a good show. It is with a heavy uh, heart that is... I must now say, cat, continue. Oh no, there's <laughs> uh, more. So anyway, there's more. Oh, there's, oh, oh, there's more. There's more because there's a sequel. Um, but okay, but to wrap this up though, is Nick and Judy are arguing and fighting, and finally Judy just bitch slaps Nick, saying, "My body, my choice, shut up." And Nick it ends with Nick basically saying, "Well, no matter what, I will survive," and he walks out on Judy and leaves her with like claw marks what... from Judy down his face. Exactly. But um, no, so he, that's where that comes in. He walks off and left, and then I found out that there is a yes, there is indeed a sequel, the Squeakle. The... <laughs> <laughs> no. So in this sequel, the author basically, eh, not be flips Nick around, but basically the sequel is Nick is missing Judy horribly and he winds up tracking her down to her old apartment. And basically he's wanting to apologize. And Judy, of course, doesn't want to let him come in. But he basically talks his way in by saying that he's worried that he may not be here another day or his life is in danger or something like that. So she relents and lets him in. And basically Nick just says, yeah, I lied. And it was like, oh, ha, yeah, you know, always a hustler, whatever. And basically, he's trying to, like, ask how Judy's been doing. And he asked her at one point, did you go th- or did you go through with it or go through with the event? And Judy reveals that, yes, she did have the abortion. Um, basically, Nick starts to say, it sounds like he's about to say, I forgive you. Judy says, I don't need your forgiveness. And Nick goes off into this whole passionate plea about how, no, he's asking her to forgive him. Everything he did was wrong. He regrets all of it. He regrets not being there for da, 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 and basically winds up on his knees and one of the things that really annoyed me about the sequel is the author oh, this is getting sexy well the oh. author keeps like switching font styles and i get he's trying to convey nick's emotion but it's really fucking annoying also like to go half from, like, of every sentence will be bolded right or it'll be curly cure but yeah basically nick is like on his knees he is clinging to judy begging her to take him back and give him another chance and judy like holds his face in her hands really and smiles and basically says, "Fuck you." Oh, and then her girlfriend comes uh, out of here. Comes out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there. Yeah, she has a girlfriend. Is she with Lola Bunny? No, that would have been fox. funny. She's with a female fox. Oh. They met so at the abortion clinic. Yeah, no, 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 not at the abortion clinic. She had to go to the hospital. There were, <laughs> apparently, there were complications after the abortion, so she went to the hospital. And Shannon, what the fox's name? She was there for an unrelated. And her injury and on that meeting and falling in love uh nick is goes full on like caricature of a homophobe saying what are you doing with this lezzy what do you need our bedroom literally uses the frame lezzy yeah it's so fucking insane right. and this guy's deviant is full of shit like this like people look there and it's like oh my god yeah. he writes so Why? much stuff and like this like... some of it is way darker and like worse than that it's like what is why happening? would you take such wonderful characters and shove them into this 
Nick is like clinging to Judy and shaking her, like trying to be like, you know, come back to this. This isn't you. When did this happen to you? And they have the whole thing with the girlfriends trying to pull him away. And he like slams her into a wall, like get the fuck away from me. And basically it ends with Judy like dragging him out by his tie, chewing him out the entire time. She shoves him out the door and slams it. And that's the end. It's like a fucking... It's like literally crazy. nothing happened. No, I don't even really know. Really, no. Just no. basically, I, I don't know. The author like tried to squeeze in some more Nick hates think, I guess, by having use Leslie and be abusive and be a bitch, but I don't know. Does he not like Nick? I don't know. Or he or that she? It's, the thing is, I don't know if it's supposed to be anti or pro Nick. It's so weird. It seemed like he was his mouthpiece in the first comic for being anti-abortion, but then in this one, Nick is just a dick. So I don't know. so weird. I started wondering if maybe he got so much back from the first one he was like i need to make up for it by making nick just a total piece of shit i don't know <laughs> like it's very bizarre it's it's i remember this one who first went around tumblr it was like, everyone was like what is this what is happening people were editing the fucking hobbit abiba twinkie house <laughs> shit onto uh, judy slapping nick oh, yeah. like it was a classic and um for as fucking that shit as like the story content is the art on it is actually really good it the lo- art is really good. <laughs> it is really <laughs> nice looking. And just, what is happening? No, it is like, we were discussing this before you came in earlier, Sabrina. Is that, like, it looks like a like tr- 2D traditional animation of Nick and Judy. The art itself is really good. He's really good at doing like the exaggerated expression and stuff. I don't know. But just the rest of it is so bad. It's wild. It's truly wild. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's like... Uh, There's uh, so much fun banter between them in the movie, and like it, this whole they, they have it's such like, good characters that I don't know. none of it seems to have been used. It's all just mouthpiece stuff. Have <laughs> so, well, we'll so I'm, I'm sure someone will send you the link to the oh, comments. We'll, we'll 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 talked about it. Later. Yeah, put we it in the episode description. Um, put it in the show notes. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to look it up after this. Also, but, that make sure to so, make sure part one and part two so that they get the full storyline. Yeah, God yeah, knows you wouldn't so, want to miss out on any of it, right? You, yeah, you need the full, uh, the Ugh. full like story, the full saga. I mean, just like so you we, had to do the first Beverly Hills started... instead of Beverly Hills Three, which is what the randomizer technically picked. Well, technically, we had to do that because the <laughs> third true. wasn't on Disney <laughs> Plus yet until this August. Yeah. Two and three won't hit for a couple more months. They have a coming coming to Disney Plus soon. Everyone's no favorite, way. Beverly Hills Chihuahua Three, and I'm probably gonna um, watch it independently of the podcast. Shut up. You're and insane. Make fun of you. like, You're no, right to do so. We will. All right. So we're running long, We've, so we yeah, should get yeah. these questions. We get, because we have We've quite taken a longer to talk about the movie than the movie took to be the movie. That doesn't right. make sense, right? That's the, oh that's God, the hallmark Lord, of a good right. podcast. I mean... <laughs> I'll take the Twitter. I'll take the Twitter Wait, because yeah, we got we one got, already We got here. four questions so, on Twitter. Uh, former, former co-host <laughs> of the show... Uh, Mike Dawson, big challenges on Twitter. Dan Silva asks, "Who's the sexiest character in this movie?" Gazelle. There are. I have four Gazelle. answers to this because I saw it. I saw the question early and decided, okay, I'm gonna figure this out. Gazelle and her backup dancers are the obvious choice. Right, right. the tigers. Ever, ever. There were. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. People were thirsting over right? those tigers. Uh, um. Bogo, I feel... My is, answer. Oh, yes. Who is your answer, Sabrina? I'll give the other two in a second. Oh, my answer is Nick. 
Nick is the sexiest. There, okay. Jason okay. Bateman's voice combined with a fox. And he's like disheveled. He he has a tie that he just like takes off and hangs on a hook. He never even unties if it. If he was an anime boy, my er, my wife would be thirsting after him. So I'll give you this one. I now have a full understanding of your taste in men <laughs> from just that answer. I completely understand that. Uh, like, but okay, so I understand he's he's a lovable rug. Um, I get Bogo, it. Yeah. I feel would also be a very solid choice. Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. I can see that. And Big buff we, water we did buffalo. not talk about them in What's this podcast point? because they weren't super significant to the movie. But I will say the two news anchors that we see do have that sort of sophistication about them. Shut up. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see that's your personal answer. Um, and now we know what goes through Steven's head. I put more effort into this uh-huh. than I did into any of the other questions. I don't know why. I'm going to say Bogo, probably. Like, he's just a big buff water buffalo voiced by Idris Elba. I don't know what else you need. He's a little scary. Little, little, little scary. He is a little scary. He's a, he's a little stern, but like. Like in a good way, though. You can change him. You can soften him. (laughs) You can get to, you can get, you can get right to his heart. You just have to try. I wonder about you all sometimes. I, I will say I love that of the or people on this podcast currently, none of us said Judy, even though you know there's probably a buttload of stuff online for her. Oh, trust me, I know. See? I've seen some shit. <laughs> Rule 34 exists, and it comes for us all. I've managed to not, thank God. The worst I've seen shipping-wise has been the I will uh, I will survive and the born to be born to be happy, born to be free, whatever. Wait, no one chose Flash. Ah! Ah! He's not that. I would no. be like tortured by having That's, a conversation. Yeah. Imagine with him. a sex scene with him, though. Right? That's <laughs> ah, what Lord. Oh my god. Ah. Oh. Two and a half hours. Yeah. That's nothing. Sloth ladies Keep be happy. <laughs> well, I mean, Priscilla, Priscilla would be happy with it. Yeah, Priscilla. I'm sure. I'm sure they have we a lovely relationship. We see the two of them together in um, their credits. That's true. They're dancing together. All right. Sort of. Next question on Twitter. Dan, why did you do this to us? Cat Herder. Do you think do you think Zootopia would have been more interesting or more muddled by realizing that omnivores are a thing and exist yes! in various sizes? Like pigs and chickens are both omnivores and it's easy to forget that at times due to how they're feed they're fed on farms usually. That would be like a wrench to throw into this whole thing and make it yeah. way more complicated. Especially the whole yeah. thing was that uh, pigs can eat a body in twenty se- in twenty minutes or something like that. Didn't know that part. Yes. Hey, wait a minute. What are the what are the predators? Uh, yeah, Zootopia never answers that, right? Beastars answers no, it. it. Beastars, Beastars has a black does. market. Beastars sure does. It has Beastars sure does answer it. Zootopia. This is what I mean. If this Zootopia would be better if it was allowed to be more it has like a black, cynical. Beastars has a black market. I'm pretty sure the lunch scenes at school you see a couple of them eating tofu. Yeah, there's a chicken. There's a chicken that makes the eggs that go into the wolf's egg salad sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Like these, those are the details that Zootopia doesn't want to touch. They're too messy. Michael Mouse is too afraid to to allow any of this. Mickey Mouse, Mouse. fucking Michael Mouse, is a fucking coward, (laughs) and I will, I will always, I will always. I will fight this mouse, and I will defeat him in single combat. Oh my god. He is a weakling. Just to be clear, that's, that's the straight-up just Disney version, not the Kingdom Hearts version. They're 
separate Michael Mouses. No, no, Kingdom Hearts. King Mickey could kick my ass. But again, King Mickey will will fucking <laughs> break a keyblade off down my throat and kick me down the door. <laughs> to get back, I can't fuck with Mickey. <laughs> to get back to the Twitter question, right? Yeah, back, hey, back to the questions. This is this is a hey, this is an hour and a half movie, two hour movie. It doesn't have time to get into every single aspect of the society True. or every single variety of of animal. But imagine if it so, did. Like it. What well, we need. Yeah, well, Beastars is a comic book that lasts twenty one volumes <laughs> what, or twenty two. What we need so, is Zootopia, and they do get into racism eventually. It, like it gets into please. it heavily. Question. <laughs> like you, yes. Yeah, so the next one at from at Cowley. If you've seen B stars, how does it compare to B stars? Also, how do you feel about the constant depiction of carnivorous species as a minority group in these anthro animal films and series? Yeah. I have talked about this a little bit in that like the power dynamics are really weird because technically they are a n- minority in number. Like that is true in in ecosystems. Like there are less predators than prey because that's just how shit works. If you have too many They'll, predators, yeah, out-compete. like out compete and and shit. And yeah, the, weird, the ten to one like... thing is a thing in nature. That is roughly how it in, ends up balancing out, mm-hmm. right? But but things aren't just by numbers. Like there are other factors. And I think that's my main issue with it. Is like there. What about the systems? Like, are the predators the people who are in charge? Like, because there are there, there are plenty of examples of minorities. Like small minorities holding, wielding power and and using it as yeah. a club over other minorities, right? Like there, um, there, there's an like article. Like, for, can't know how I found it, but um, I'm, I'll like put it in the show notes for for this episode too. Uh, it's called "Flawed and Furry," basically taking a look at B stars, Zootopia, and a couple other series. How each of them try to to varying levels of success or failure at race relations. The basic conclusion was Beastars does the best job at it just because it doesn't as much as the others try to make it like a one-to-one we're using animals to talk about people issues. It gets into more the dynamics of basically the animal dynamics it just makes them walk on two legs now. Yeah, there's like way more consideration taken towards that stuff in Beastars and there's in Zootopia because it is allowed to be like dark and weird like there's a bunch of weird shit in Beastars there's also some serious um, like things that are exactly the same like the mayor is a is a lion yeah. in Beastars and that's a really interesting difference because if I remember right he shaves his mane and like removes all of his teeth to get like flat mm-hmm. dentures instead and yeah so he looks less Frightening. Yeah, and he also like puts the fear of God. It's all very or legacy. Like, I forget which one he's like. It's it's all very interesting. At. Like B stars, yeah, because it is a longer form series. It has a lot more time to grapple with these ideas, but also it has a much more complicated like look at these yeah. ideas than Zootopia, which which is definitely the like simplified, sanded down Disney de- delivering of this like. Well, we're all different, but that's okay. Is that's ultimately what the final message is, which is kind of weird. That's basically what uh, Judy says in her in the, her ending monologue. I don't agree with that. I don't agree that that's the final message. I think the final message is what you were saying before that like things are kind of broken, but we work every day to fix them in the little ways that we can. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't address the systemic racism. You're right about that, but I don't think the message is so is so hackneyed. 
but like I, I don't I my issues like like I don't think the systemic racism is really even like there. It's so focused on like individuals. I guess there are examples of like you know if Nick gets turned away or whatever. But like well like I've said my piece about Zootopia's treatment of the allegory. Maybe in a longer movie. Well, Zootopia Plus. Or, or Zootopia Plus is, yeah! is coming. Wait. Oh, oh Christ. Wait. I heard they're gonna do the abortion story. What? That's... No, they're not. They've oh, optioned man. it. <laughs> I hope they should. They should totally adopt that. I. I would. I, they, if they adapt that dark. onto Disney Plus, just this fucking horrible, awful DeviantArt <laughs> comic, I'd watch that'll, that shit. That'll be the very special episode. Zootopia <laughs> <laughs> Plus. Uh, so we got an at Pidmon on Twitter. Uh, what would the Zootopia version of the Adams know. Family be? I like this. It's very question. interesting to consider. So the Adams Family is all of is like the the thing about the Adams Family is that they look all weird and creepy and have weird tastes, but ultimately they are much happier than yes. your average nuclear family. Like that's the satire. They all love each other very much, despite how weird and and. I just realized bats are mammals. You think they got bats in Zootopia? Yeah, we don't see any bats either. Did you just um, ask if bats were mammals? No, I said I, I just remembered. Bats are mammals. Do you think Zootopia oh, has bats? Okay. If you're asking what the Adams family's personas <laughs> oh, yeah. would be... Except for Cousin Ed. Yeah, Cousin Ed is just the same. Um, no one knows what he is. So, they would be a disembodied like, dog. When, Wednesday's like a lemur, but like a goth lemur. Ooh. Goth What? Yeah, like I guess you can make Pugsy a pug. Yes. He's just a pug. Yeah. Um, it's right there in the name. I. What's like a really weird, creepy, lanky like deer for uh, Morticia? I feel like she'd be some kind of servine, but I don't know which one. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe? maybe a gazelle, like a very goth. Or she gazelle. could be. A, or she could be like the more mythical eating the white heart. Could be. Maybe. Gomez. It's like a kind of a short, stocky guy. Gomez is like an otter. <laughs> I was looking for another forest animal. I was about to say a razorback. Uh, Fester also just looks the same. <laughs> He's not an animal. He's just He's a... their keep. He's the minder. He's the caretaker. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know what kind of dynamics a, a Zootopia Adams family would have, but that's their personas. I hope that is <laughs> as enough As long as they suffice. can still do the... Just, except oh, yeah, now it's flicking their hooves. You gotta snap. Or antlers, or yeah. Well, no, because they'll right, take all too. these fucking. Oh, she does. Hooves. That's right. That's true. Yeah, that's the so other you thing. Is, like, the snap, snap. The sheep all look like they had hooves, but most of them had fingers. I don't know. It's like they had fingers with little. All right, who's hand. who's gonna who's gonna take these Discord questions? We we yeah, gotta we got, we got one, more to two, get through. Three, four. Lightning round. Okay, um, because of the wording that I put in the question post. I, uh, I said, so ask us about cops, conspiracies, and problematic metaphors for race, race relations. Uh, Jake, friend of the show, former guest of the show, uh, <laughs> came right out of the gate. Conspiracy? Okay, so what's a conspiracy you actually believe in, or at the very least wish was true? The animal conspiracy theory. The, the thing what? about that... The, the animal huh? conspiracy theory is actually, it's, it was a piece done by the comedian Tim Bedore. You can find it on YouTube. Wait. But basically, it points out that like every time you hear about those weird increase in animal attacks, like moose showing up in towns or you know squirrels attacking people, it's because the animals have finally had enough of humans slowly rising up against us. <gasps> I'm okay with that. Oh, wait, because so that's the Pixar it. theory. I think that's what that... It's actually hilarious, but no, check it out. The animal conspiracy theory by Tim Bedore. 
So that's what Furry Vengeance is about, that terrible Brendan Fraser movie. Kind of, I mean... I think that was Brendan definitely Fraser. Definitely was. Um, like, there are two kinds of conspiracy theories, right? There's the things that aren't real and that people latch onto, like the Earth is flat, the moon landing is faked. Uh, and then there's all the all of the reptile stuff, which is just as bad. And then there's the ones that the government just admits to. Like, it's not a conspiracy theory that the FBI assassinated J- um, uh, Martin yeah, Luther King Jr. Um, that just happened. That's on record. But people will treat it like it is a conspiracy theory. Okay, also, another weird one. Um, you know how, for the longest time, it, it was like the line that carrots are good for your eyes? That That came about because during the Cold War, we were working on radar technology for our planes. And so whenever anyone would ask, you know, how are our our airplane pilots doing so good at shooting down the enemy or whatever, they didn't want to say we're working on new radar tech. So the line they came up with was we've been feeding them a lot of carrots and carrots are good for your eyes. So they can see real good when they're up there. Isn't it? Though? Wow. Then there were a lot of orange children because it turned their skin orange. <laughs> yes. Agent orange. It was just carrots. It was just carrots. Don't worry about it. Oh, fuck. There was a Magic School Bus episode about that. Yep. Alright. Uh, Pierce the Reindeer on the Discord. The only question I can think of about Zootopia is how y'all feel about the Honey Badger character being cut from the movie. She was supposed to be a friend of Nick's, and she was a conspiracy theorist who believed that she could going to take over the world. I sort of regret that that, didn't, that wasn't in there. That would have been fun. I think that would have been interesting to see. I'm sure she would have only been in, like, a scene or two, but still. But it would have been awesome. Even more anti-sheep bias. Right? What is with this movie and sheep? <laughs> I guess it's like they're the meekest animals, so it's surprising well, they're the right, ones who are the spearheading ones that everyone's this like, oh, whole they thing. follow everybody else. It's like, okay, no, for once, the sheep are the ones actually in charge. So, of course, they're actually evil. Alex Moomin, basic question, but what biome would you want to live in? Okay, I looked up the list because not all of them actually show up in the movie. Uh, we have Sahara Square, Tundra Town, Little Rodentia, Rainforest District, Downtown, which is, I guess, Savannah Central. Uh, the Meadowlands, Canal District, which feels like it's a play on Canal Street, probably? Anyway, Marshlands, Nocturnal District, and Outback Island. Oh, this is the Australia is still <laughs> yeah! separate from Does the rest of the city. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> I want to live in Tundra Town. I like the cold. Uh, I like the polar bears in tracksuits. I think it's a pretty neat, fun yes. look. I think I would do the Rainforest District just because I think it'd be kind of cool to literally live in a treehouse. That was my gut answer because the aesthetic of it looks really cool. But then I realized I hate, I would hate being constantly wet and it always being dark. (laughs) Shut up. I'll probably live in Little Rodentia so that like, you know, (laughs) I'll just be this giant person in this tiny city. Oh. Oh, so you'd be the same size. I would love to be like, no, I would bull or a shrew running around and hanging out in Little Rodentia. I wouldn't, I would be terrified of somebody just, you know, basically of what, of something happening, like, in the movie where someone just suddenly shows up and chases a criminal, a full-size criminal straight Yeah, I'd be pushing to get us a ceiling if I lived there. Yeah, like, oh shit, there goes my entire apartment building. Probably the rent would be really high, though, if I was my size. Mm. Right. <laughs> Wait. The rent's, the rent's too damn tall. <laughs> Oh, I'm ashamed Lord. at how long it took for me to get that. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing long enough to say yes, it. That's a, that's <sighs> that's an old one. That's that's a classic. Is Jimmy McMillan um, still around? 
Okay. I think so. All right. Here's one from Casey. Got a couple here, actually. And the big one, I mean, this is inevitable, but what would you be your Zootopia <laughs> TM personas? I think you mean, what would you look like <laughs> as a citizen of Zootopia? As the official Zootopia Twitter account asked Twitter. Ah. Uh, hmm. I mean, my usually my usual go-to for a Sona is Bearded Dragon, but there are no nope, reptiles in this fucking movie, so I don't know. I actually had a persona in high school. Um, this was surprisingly also before I went by the name Cat, but ah. mine was a feline, so I would probably still be a feline, or I would stick with my usual motif for fox. So, cat or fox. I like anything with, like, big expressive ears, so I was going to say, yeah, probably, like, fox, rabbit, anything along those lines, but if I'm going to live in Little Red... You Rugged, would be a fennec. Do what? You would be a fennec fox with big huge ears. Ooh, there we go. But if I'm going to live in... Aesthetically... If I'm going to live in Little Rodentia, I guess maybe like a shrew? <laughs> Aesthetically, I would be a rabbit. I mean, I, I gravitate towards rabbits. I loved... I dressed as Roger Rabbit, even though I looked like a serial killer at the time. <laughs> uh, I, I dressed as Carrot for the last Halloween Wait, from no? One Piece. Yes. Fuck, I love Carrot. Ooh. She's great. She's a rabbit. Who has I mean, electric from a One Piece. One Piece. Oh, never seen it. Like latter day One Piece. She's a recent. Yeah, she's a very recent character from the past like gotcha. years or so. I've made it. I've gone as far as Fishman Island and fell out. You're, well, that's that's fine because you know if you want to talk about hackneyed racism metaphors. <laughs> Good night, Irene. Um, let's see what else we got here. Casey also asks. Uh, will Judy Hopps be a summon in the next Ooh. Kingdom Hearts game? Oh my, this what girl has so do? much hair. Uh, I think for a fun episode, hold the heartless... I'm sorry, I looked up Carrot. She has a lot of hair. Uh, Judy... The... She has a lot... Well, that's her, probably her, like, Sulong form when she looks at the yes. moon. Yeah, she's fucking Super Saiyan. Oh, she's cute. She looks sick. Um, she's adorable. Judy's <laughs> ability is... Um, she calls in the mob. Police corruption? She... Yeah, she blackmails people. She like threatens. She threatens the heartless's family um, until they like she, go away. Okay, real real talk though. She would be an interesting choice for a summon, especially since they did it with Chicken Little uh, once. Where his he's in oh, Kingdom Hearts Christ. two as a summon, and his thing is like you can go into first person shooter mode with him, and he'll just throw baseballs with Chicken Little. Yeah. Wow. So wait, do they not have do they not have Zootopia and Kingdom Hearts? No, it Hearts hasn't yet? been there yet. So Judy, realistically as a summon, I think would be similar to when she was uh, boxing and just bouncing around and like smacking you into them. Boxing or kicking, just because rabbit with the feet. Yeah. Uh, and last one from Deep Sea on the on the Discord. If you could enact a grand conspiracy, how would you do it, and what would it be for? What? No, I'm not planning anything shady. Why would you even ask? I don't have the attention span to put a grand conspiracy in place, <laughs> much less that. So yeah, I'm 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 too I'm too fucking lazy for that. I shit. am very tickled <laughs> by the conspiracy that has built up around the Denver International Airport. So if I had if I had oh, the I means and shit. the motivation, I would try to do that, but for real, or actually hollow out the work, or actually hollow out the earth, just to be like, ah, they were right all along. I like the idea of making the Denver International Airport actually <laughs> satanic right. somehow. That's very funny. Great. I love all of the conspiracy so theories good. about that airport. Like, it's an airport with that's, a cool horse statue. All. And it's got a, and the, and the mural. That's all it is, guys. The, the 
Um, runways are laid out kind of funky because of where they are, and it's got a cool horse statue I and guess a mural. Nobody. I guess there's just not nothing going on in Denver. They got to start making conspiracy theories about I the goddamn so. airport. Unless they're true. I mean, because, happening. You gotta make something happen. Because, Unless no, uh, Kat, Sabrina, have y'all heard, like, the conspiracy theories on uh, the Denver International? Yeah. I have not. Just look it up and just go it's, down a rabbit yeah. hole of people uh, being convinced that there's, like, a hell mouth underneath the Denver International Airport because there's yeah, a creepy the, horse The one I remember is people, like, looking at the mural, how it's, like, world unity or whatever bullshit, and apparently the queen helped finance a giant underground bunker underneath the Denver International Airport so that rich people and celebrities could survive the end of the world. Well, all right then. (laughs) (sighs) And uh, that's all the questions. We made it through. That's that's a nice way of putting it. (laughs) Do we do plugs first or do we Uh, announce the next episode first? first, I think. I always forget the order. All right, well, I will go first. Or actually, yeah. no, the guest should yeah, go the first. first. Yes, oh, hey, that's me. Sabrina, where can our listeners find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Stew of Boo, S-T-W-O-F-B-O-O, and you can uh, get my information there about my podcast, Okashina Podcast, Anime with Friends, and we'll be covering Beastars Season 2 in July. Is that when it comes out? Nice. Yeah, the American, the English version. Okay. Yeah. I need to get back to watching that. I miss my precious, beautiful himbo song. All right. I'm Nero. You can find me on Twitter at Dragon Smoocher. You can find my podcast about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power at Podcast of Power on Twitter. We are uh, almost done with season four. By the by, the time this episode comes out, we should have ha- recorded our extra long episode on the two-part finale of season four, uh, Destiny Part 1 and 2. So look forward to that. Very normal episode. Nothing bad happens in that. <laughs> no cat you gotta watch she because damn uh all, all, all good stuff got a patreon you can find it on the twitter at x you gotta watch it's a good show i'm always saying this it's a good show i um, have my dad joke twitter page at dad underscore tastic i do dad jokes every day uh, then my regular Twitter at Marshmallow, which is spelled like Marshmallow, but with my name in it. Uh, I'm floating around random discords, usually on like Heathen and Pagan discords under well my tag on Jerzura. Uh, also, you can catch me on Disney Minus's off weeks doing the Kingdom Hearts podcast with Steven, where he is dragging me through the entire series. Yes, we um literally once we're done recording, I'm about to post our third episode where we um. Started, that we had to record three freaking times. Yeah, because of uh, Craig. But where we uh, did Olympus Coliseum and Aladdin. So that's been fun. And then also just because Sabrina, and because Sabrina doesn't know it, um, I'm not allowed, because I don't know much about Kingdom Hearts, so I'm not allowed to do any research or know anything about it beforehand. Steven is literally explaining all of this to me for the first time. I've already had her try to fight me once because of something <laughs> that happened in the Tarzan world. and Yes. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, Kat, you're next. What movie yes. are we watching? Uh, well, I was torn between two movies, and at first I was going to get emotional with you guys and do Fox <laughs> and the Hound. <laughs> oh. but, but I wound up deciding that'll be for another day, and for our next movie, I have picked the first, a goofy movie. 
Oh shit! People love that. God, oh, that's a good one. Yes, I've never actually seen Goofy movie. I've been meaning to watch. Oh my it. god, it's, it's like, real good. Very good. And I um, will say, uh, as I, someone with, as a parent now, it hits different from when you were a teen. It really does. I am a fan of the work of George Geef, uh, as Goofy's real name is. Oh, I didn't know, know this. Will be. How did I not? Know um, I didn't know that either. I'm gonna fucking look up all the Goofy trivia for go. this movie, because um, there's a lot. I'm of gonna it. listen to Powerline. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Dun, 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 right. Goofy movie. I was. It's good that you picked that one instead of Fox and the Hound. We can't do two <laughs> Fox-based movies. That in a was row. also one of the reasons why I decided it, to not do it right away. So it's an, actually a rule of podcasting that's uh, that's not very well known. But if you do two Fox-based movies in a row, uh, you do instantly die. <laughs> Well, but we are getting two Anthro movies in a row. Dad, uh, tell they those motherfuckers are not dogs. That's, those are yeah. fucked up cartoon that is dogs. Not the same Different thing. thing. Goofs are their own separate species. <laughs> they are, uh, yeah, they're they're just freaks of nature. Um, you look at Goofy and tell me that's a dog. No way. <laughs> I'm a crime against nature. That's the conspiracy theory I believe in. Goofy's not a dog. I mean, and yet he's the only one of that little cast that has actually gotten laid, because Mickey and Donald just have nephews. Goofy actually has a kid. Goofy Goofy did fuck, and this is a this is a reality we're Grapple going with. to have to confront yeah, right? next episode. Goofy has fucked. And I bet he was really good at it. I mean he got a kid out of it. I'm pretty sure he was flung out the window by the condom, though. <laughs> but that'll be for next just episode. Tor- just, uh... Bring it to even. Oh, God. Okay. Oh. Are you okay? Well, gosh, I got here this monster condom for my Magnum Dawn. Heck. before somebody says something we regret. My penis ripped your mother in half, Max. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.